0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Apparently, I couldn't figure that out first take. Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of the Comeback Wrestling Show right here on K Man Radio Network. I'm your host, John, with you till 11 o'clock tonight. If you want to join the show, you certainly can. 646 668 2372. That's 646 668 2372. We got a lot on tap tonight. It was a hell of a weekend if you are a wrestling fan. You got Fight for the Fall, which Jeremy was at. We have Extreme Rules on Sunday, we had Evolve Saturday night. We had War on Monday, which I was at, which was a which we'll get to in a bit. We had SmackDown. I mean, my God, we had a lot of wrestling. And of course, let me bring on the cast of characters. Actually, the only ca- only character. Oh no, wait, other one is here. So let me bring on the cast of characters. Let me bring everybody on. Hey, Cruz, how you doing?
2: What's up, John? What's up, Jeremy? Another week.
1: Yeah, another week. Oh, what's
2: up guys. What's another going on? Week of excellent, excellent wrestling. So we got a lot to talk about. More stuff so oh, yeah. last week. Yes,
1: we do. Wait, did not oh, we yeah. actually wrestle this weekend? I I I, I didn't even notice that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, before we even get to that, do you guys see they finally uh, published tonight, the first episode of The Road to All Out? Fantastic. I, I, well, yeah. I just want to talk about that for a couple minutes, because there's a few things that kind of perked my interest. Apparently now Tony Schiavone is part of All Elite Wrestling?
3: Um, you know, he might be helping out doing little stuff there.
1: And then the other thing I also found interesting was the ending, when, he, when uh, Jim Ross was talking to Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard showed up. loved it I I loved it but that to me really came out of left field somewhere but out of left field in a good way not a bad way
2: well you got to give it to AEW you got to really give it to AEW one thing that I've told you (coughs) since we started working together on this podcast is that the companies and the wrestlers that use social media to extend the stories to tell those backstories are the ones who are going to be winning our attention and those who are picking up steam a little bit late, you know, better late than never, but AEW embraced it from the get go. And that's part of the reason why there's always so much buzz around AEW.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually speaking about AEW, let's start off with them because they had, they, they kind of kicked off the uh, weekend, so to speak with Bites for the Fallen. Well, I don't think you really consider them kicking it off since they were on at the same time that Valve was on. But I guess more people were probably paying attention to – by the way, I just want to let people know, if you're hearing thunderstorms right now, wow, we're, where I am right now, currently in the middle of the flesh flood warning, so just, you know, in case I get kicked off or whatever, just so you know that's the reason. Uh, let's get started with the Fight for the Fallen. Jeremy, you were there. What was the atmosphere like from, from being there?
3: Incredible. And it's funny because in the town, it was pretty quiet, everything. And I said, oh, I'm wondering how the show's going to be. And from the minute I got there to the minute I walked in the Daily's Place, which was phenomenal, I hope they have more shows there. I can't say it was quite like Double Nothing, but it definitely rivaled Double Nothing in a lot of ways in terms of excitement and energy. It was unbelievable.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, from watching it on, on you know, on the on the Bleacher Report app, it, it looked different. Being that it was in an amphitheater, it wasn't in your typical, you know, arena setting or stadium setting, it was it really looked different. Which is probably the biggest thing I can take away from the show. Other than you know, Yeah, it looked even better on
3: T V than it did in person.
1: Well yeah, I mean the no, the only part I would have to say right off the back production was that they have to get it out before all out, eventually before they get to TV, was it was during the uh, women's tag match that closed out the, the pre-show or the kickoff show with Britt Baker and the girls from Joshi Wrestling. And also, midway through the match, the subtitles come on. It's not closed captioning.
3: Comes on. There's going to be some hiccups part... along the way
1: early on. Oh no! I believe me. I live in. They're still in the early stages of this company. They still have. We're now in what? We're in the middle of July. They still have at least what? Three more months to go till TV starts. Yeah. So I mean, they ha- they still have time to get everything figured out. But you want to get the stuff figured out now, even before you go to, because you don't want any of these stuff. I mean, it's gonna happen, yes, but you don't want. <laughs> Major hiccups that happen when you're at all at all out.
3: No, not when people are paying fifty dollars no. to view well, that's, a that's
1: the other, That's the other difference. But let's look at the matches first. Open, open in the pre-show. So Sonny Kiss take on Peter Avalon with Leva Bates in his corner. This one, I think my biggest takeaway from this match is Sonny Kiss is very over. I think I think he has probably the most charisma of anybody on the AEW roster, but other than that, to me, this match was like, okay, it wasn't really nothing for nothing. Jeremy, since you were there, what was your thought on this match?
3: It was great. I mean, uh, Peter Avalon getting booed to start the night, they got a reaction. That's all you can ask for, and I think with a librarian gimmick, you can go either way with that, so it's perfect. You know, Sonny Kiss obviously was going to get a great reaction when he came out with the Jacksonville Jaguar cheerleaders, and you're in Jacksonville. But it was yeah. great. And it, it did its job. Absolutely. Those two got the night going great.
1: Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. It, it, got, it wasn't a terrible match. But it wasn't the type of matches that we saw later on on the card. But, Cruz, what were your thoughts on that
0: match?
2: I definitely thought it was uh, Sonny Kiss's breakout moment. We've been kind of wondering how he would do in the ring, who he is. And there you go. The the guy can go in the ring. Now, I I also want to say this, guys. Funny Kiss, that's how you book an LGBT fighter. Wrestler, excuse me. Uh, That's how you do it. You let them be themselves. You let them get over organically with the crowds. People are going to support them because they like them. Or or they're not because they're they're not going to support them. You don't force feed us with, you know, Finn Balor symbols with, with rainbows and, and not do it for... uh, You guys remember the... What well, was it? Darren Young? He was yeah. legitimately a LGBT guy, right? But he was doing some Donald Trump sort of fucking gimmick at the end of his, his time in WWE. Why wasn't he given that rainbow uh, coalition something or the other, merchandise and stuff like that? Sonny is how it's done. You don't, you don't need to remind us. We can see him and tell that he's gay and, and so what? Happy-go-lucky, fun-loving guy. We want to support him. And like you said, John, a lot of charisma for this youngster. Kudos yeah. to him. Yeah. Peter Avalon is yeah. the uh... – well, go ahead, man. No, no, no.
1: Finish your point. Finish your point.
2: Well, I just think that the uh, librarian gimmicks need more developments, but that's why we have these two minor shows before the big pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget, you do have being the elite. You do have the uh, road to all out. So You do have – it's not like they're only going to get, you know, a few moments here or there. If they do it right and they get these guys, and they get Peter Avalon and Lever page in more of being the elite and, you know, on the road to all out, you can get them over in that way. Let's be honest. That's really your biggest way of promotion right now without having the TV side of it. Once it's your only TV, way
0: Only well, that's the thing yeah,
1: it's, one the only way. Comes into
3: the it's
1: your picture. only way right now Yeah but the what, what thing is that once TV comes into the picture Then you can kind of right. Use both of them But right now I think you And especially the fact that's one thing also I, I want to bring up though They don't really make that many Connections from the match To being the elite Like, I, I maybe a couple of times here or there, I heard Jim Ross or Alex Marvez bring it up, but to me, when being the elite is big, is your biggest and only source of promotion, I would think you would want to use that, especially to bring more viewers in to watch it. But,
3: well, yeah, but isn't it the flip? The payoff is supposed to be the match, or what happens in the match. Being the elite is supposed to yeah. set that up.
1: Yeah, but my thing is, though, try, right. what happens if you're, if you're somebody who doesn't watch being the elite?
2: But, well, if you <laughs> the, don't watch Being the Elite the inverse, and that stuff, you
3: probably aren't in, into AEW in the first place. Correct.
2: Correct, John.
3: Because right now it's for the hardcores.
2: Yeah, I would totally inverse your way of thinking. If if you want to catch the buzz of what is AEW, you're going to pay attention to Being the Elite. You're going to feed off of the rest of us who watch Being the Elite and everything else, the social media that with everyone in All Elite Wrestling, and you're going to come on board with it. No different than how we would do with uh, Something, some other show On the WWE Network So here I, I think if I, I, I concur with Jeremy I totally agree with him
1: Yeah but my, and I, and I get what you guys are saying But my thing is this If you want people Obviously I think my thing is this If you want people To become invested in this and believe me, I mean, people are, don't get me wrong. My only thing is, not I'm not saying you have to bring it up every single time, but at least bring it up and be like, oh, by the way, this is why wrestler A and B are fighting. Like, even go back to, even what they could have even done, if you want to go a step further, is be like, look, here's what was on. Here's, here's kind of the, the build to this match from being the elite. So you have somebody who can turn around and be like,
0: oh, let me go
3: watch this being the elite thing. Well, listen, if it's well, not I, being elite, there's no AW.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. no, I, I
3: but the payoff is supposed to be the match. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and, what's, I'm like, and long-term life. I, yeah, and, and the focus on the money matches. Why have a 20, 30 minute long Being the Elite covering every match? Some of these are lower on the card for a reason. If I'm going to yeah. watch a five minute video on Being the Elite, I want to know what the Young Bucks and the Brotherhood are up. I want to know about the Lucha Brothers and SoCal. I want to know, right. especially, about Chris Jericho and Adam Page. The important shit. Now, I don't want to know about Sonny Kiss and Peter Avalon. I don't give a fuck at this point. At this point, I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying?
3: So right. you can throw Have on that match though, give think,
2: Chris. Well, excuse my language too. Uh, but to give them exposure on this on this smaller event, yeah, I'm fine with it. Let's see what's up. But to drive ticket sales and drive buzz, the B the Elite should focus on the big stuff.
3: Yeah, I agree. But I, being the elite right now is going to transition to a behind the scenes aspect. That we get to see what's going on backstage. It's not going to be a, a match builder as much as the Rhodes 2 shows are. That's what's going to sell the big matches. Being a little right. more fun behind the scenes, pull the curtain back show. Well,
1: didn't they say, I think it was after, maybe after Fight for the Fallen, that they turned around and. I don't remember if it was Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson. Oh, no, no, no. They were when they were uh, talking to, uh, what's-his-face? To uh, Chris Van Lee. And they made a mention in the interview. They said once they go to TV, that right. they're probably going to use being the elite for more of, like, back to the old days of being the elite. Uh,
3: sure. Not to correct you, but they basically said if there's some guys that aren't on TV that much or they're having trouble finding a way there, they might use being the elite to to get them over
2: there. Yeah. yeah, we
1: actually have a course Let me just bring him on quickly.
2: So to supplement, to supplement what will be on the show, and I just think it's a great, great formula for success, John. You know, you you're only going to have like a two-hour show a week. You're going to have a pay-per-view, maybe one pay-per-view a month or, or two months, etc. Uh, this this uh, medium of connecting with the fans online, look. You wanted a storyline between these two wrestlers. Why couldn't wrestler X and wrestler Y do a little promo on their own social media to generate interest in their own match? It's totally possible with all elite wrestling. It's not possible with, uh, let's say, the WWE. It doesn't really happen too much with New Japan. You know what I'm saying? No, not yeah, at no, all. Hear...
1: It's
2: a
3: great point. I
1: hear you. Say. Let me bring on this caller quickly so we can. And then we'll move on to to the other pre-show match. Hi, welcome to the Comeback Wrestling Show. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Hello? Hi.
3: Hi, Johnny Boy. I miss you.
1: What's going on?
3: (laughs) So, I was going to ask you about the match about Monday.
1: Oh, um, Scott, uh, we're actually going to talk about that later on.
2: But so what do you Just want right, to call, call back later?
1: Yeah, call, call back, back later that.
2: during that segment. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: All right. All right, ladies.
2: So let's move on to Bea Priestley and Shoko Nakajima versus Britt Baker and Riho.
1: Biggest thing I would take away from this match was the fact that Britt Baker should have been taken out of the match much earlier than she did. Because she clearly had some sort of concussion, I'm just I'm gonna come out and say it right now. She, especially when she went to go make the tag, and she went to the wrong side of the ring, and uh-huh. then also the, and then to me that should've been the sign right there to either wrap the match up or to do something. Because to me, once she got the concussion, she rolled out of the ring. And you saw the ref went to go assist her. And then, all of a sudden, like maybe five I don't know if it was even five minutes later, she comes back in the match, and I'm like, "Why?" This girl clearly had a concussion when she got kicked in the head by, by uh, Osprey's wife there. But what were your guys' thoughts on this match? Uh,
3: yeah, no, John, I agree with you, and I could be 100 percent wrong, but I wonder if they don't have a protocol in place for this yet where they have a rule that says, if this happens, we do this. Because I agree with you, they should have stopped that match.
1: Yeah, and to me, they, they, I think they made it way too long. That, that specific match, I think, was probably, and I mean, they have really had, <laughs> they've had three shows since, you know, they started. This is probably one of the worst women's matches I've seen. Between Fighter Fest, Double or Nothing, and Fight for the Fallen.
3: Well, we're not going to see four-minute so, matches. So, oh, no, know, no. people are going to get would, it used to longer matches.
2: You, would you rank this as overall in all wrestling as one of the worst matches of women?
1: The only reason why I would say it was one of the worst, and I'm not taking anything away because they're all talented women, but it, to me, first of all, I thought the Baker concussion, to me, really put brought the match down. Then, it seemed like two Japanese girls really weren't meshing well with Baker and the other one. I don't know if you guys thought the same thing, but that's just what I look at it as.
3: Okay. It wasn't bad, though. It just, you know, her injury put a damper (sighs) on it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah.
1: But, Jerry, going back to what you said before about the protocol, I don't Think they have a protocol because this hasn't happened yet.
3: Right. They're so on me, a, maybe they're on a cross this bridge when it happens type situation.
1: For right now, and then I think once they go to TV in the fall, I think they're going to have to right. put something into place.
0: Right.
3: Because okay.
1: to me, I mean, people crap on the WWE, but the one thing the WWE is doing well is their concussion protocol.
3: Absolutely. But. I
1: agree. I agree.
2: All
1: right. No, I agree. Yeah, but let's go on now to the main show. Open a match for MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears take on Darby Allin, uh, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc. Right off the bat, I thought the biggest storyline, and I said this last week on the show, the biggest storyline coming out of this match was going to be the relationship between MJF and Sean Spears right off the bat. Because especially the fact that MJF always plays off the I'm the best friends with Cody line, and they're on the same team. But thoughts on this match? you want me to go
3: first? Yeah, yeah go ahead. It doesn't matter. Oh, no, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think MJF and Sean Spears got as physical as I thought they would it was just a little drawing. Um, but if you ask me, in my opinion, uh, Sammy Guevara stole the show in that match.
2: As always. <laughs> that's he was always. fantastic. That kid is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, and I know that's my buzzword because I, 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 I've been called out on it. I, everything is phenomenal to me. Okay, fine. The kid is that damn good. He is that fucking good. Phenomenal,
3: that damn good, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and all that.
3: <laughs> and a bag
1: of chips.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I remember when he had his match with Kip Sabian At the buy-in at Double or Nothing I thought it was one of the best matches Not, not you know, not the best match But I thought it was one of the best matches The kid really, he's good He he has a bright future in this industry Oh, he, and especially he the does fact, Especially the fact he can play off the, you know I'm the best, you know In this industry type of It really... Him, him and MJF to me right now. Him, MJF and Sean Spears, after what I saw in the interview tonight with Jim Ross, to me are probably in the top five of heels right now for AEW.
2: That's huge. To
3: me, yeah. yeah to me, you just put him above Jericho. I mean, what more can you say?
1: Well, no, no. To me, Jericho is still the top heel. I'm not taking that away from him, but to me. It's Jericho, MJF, Sammy Gavari, and Sean Spears. I don't know who number five would be. I haven't figured out
3: yet who number five would be. I, I don't know if you don't put MJF one because Jericho doesn't even get booze like MJF does. Yeah, but I mean, Jericho could
1: still get booze here and there. It depends on, depends on the moment. Like I guarantee love you at so all much. Out, yeah, but I think at all <laughs> out, he's going to get booed out of the building. Because I think, I think uh, what's his face, Paige is going to really come off as the baby face in that match.
3: That that could be a bet, John, for me and you. Okay,
1: well, <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll,
1: we'll talk about that one off there. Uh, <laughs> so on, next match on here, Brandy Rhodes with Awesome Kong took on Allie. Now, my first thing with this match is this. Is Brandy Rhodes a heel or a face? Because, and the reason I bring that up, is in the road to Fight for the Falling, she was playing off that, oh, I had demons and all that, yada, yada, yada. Then at the thing she has awesome Kong there in her corner. And she's doing the heel tendencies, and I'm like, pick one side or the other there. To me, that's that's probably my biggest issue with, the, with was with this match, was the fact of which side was she playing, the heel or the big piece.
3: All right, let me ask you a question, John. Who was her husband? Cody. And what is he on those Road 2 shows? The biggest baby face you'll ever see. Come match yeah. time, he's a heel. She's taking yeah, oh, the same path.
1: Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. But to me, when Awesome Con came in, I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be... I was like, how, how short is this match going to be? But I, I get what you're saying, though. When you look at it that way, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, I, th- I thought the funny part was with this match how everybody got the same picture, she was going for the pin, and all everybody kept saying was, wow, look at Brazzy's ass. Just, you know, not that interested. But, <laughs> Cruz, what were your thoughts on this match?
2: You know what, I liked it. I thought it certainly uh, superseded the first women's match, and I think you know, sort of redeemed the women's division in AEW. Uh, the dynamic of adding awesome Kong. I, I took Brandy as a heel, so I was, just went with the punches. Okay, she's a heel. Ali's the the face there, and you know, I, I thought they had a pretty good match, man. For what, 11 minutes? What was it? was it a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, around 11 minutes.
3: Give right? or take, yeah. Yeah.
2: Good timing, good pacing all around. I, I was not bored at all. I just definitely want to see what Brandy can do in the ring. And it's always good to see Allie in there. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I have nothing negative to say about this match. Well, it,
1: it, did, lead to, it did lead to a big thing, though, because it did lead that probably at all that we're getting the Battle of the Cons.
0: Which is. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Yeah.
1: They had Get out, it on. They had awesome... Yeah. To me, you got those two in the ring. They're both veterans of this industry. I don't see that being a bad match, but we'll get more into all that in little quick. Let's keep it going. Uh, Dark Order, Evil Uno, and Stu Garrison took on Angelico and Jack Evans and a boy, a boy, and his dinosaur as Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. This was a... The winner of this match basically gets a first-round bye at the AEW World Head Team Champion Tournament that's going to be happening this fall. I'm sorry. To me, this was probably... Probably of the first half of the card before we, we even get to the Lucha Brothers and SCU and Young Bucks, this was probably, of the first half, probably one of my favorite matches. Just for the fact that you had... And you had guys like Ivo Udo doing a swanton bomb off the top rope. That guy's not tight. And if memory serves you right, I think he did the swanton bomb on Jungle Boy. Yep. If memory serves And then, I just, I love the the dynamic. To me, if you want to talk about the MVP of that match, it has to be Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Oh those
0: yeah,
2: without two, a doubt.
1: Those two guys are so over. Those two guys are so over. And to me, I won't be surprised if they get a big push in this tournament once, you know, the tournament begins. But, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this match?
3: I don't know if there's anyone who got louder pop during the night than Luchasaurus. He was so over. It's unbelievable. Jungle Boy is too, but I'm telling you, there's, there's a special dynamic with this team. Yeah, that match was one of the loudest matches of the night. One of the show stoppers, and we didn't peg that going into the show, which is great.
2: No? no. Yeah, which is a pleasant surprise. That was a pleasant right. surprise, in my humble opinion, and it resonated well on TV. I, I, I'm sitting here watching this uh, this on VR Live. I'm telling right now that it it felt like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus stole the show, up until you know Omega. You know, because. <laughs> You're talking about the top 1% in Omega. But yeah. great showing by Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus.
0: But and this is, what we though, watch.
2: this is why we watch wrestling. If you're listening yeah. and you haven't seen this event, you got to do yourself a favor and go out there and see it, man. This is why we watch wrestling.
1: And this and is why we were so
3: excited for AEW in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But there was a the move also in the match... Oh, crap, I forgot what happened. was like, Muchasaurus kind of took... Maybe one of the guys from Dark Order kind of did like a flip into a powerbomb. Oh,
3: the the one with Jack Evans? Yeah, 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 Jack Evans. Jungle Boy caught him?
1: Yeah, that to me, I mean... Okay. You're not going to see that in any other promotion. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm... And the other thing also, was anybody really surprised that Dark Order won this match? If we remember at... Uh, crap. When was it? At um, was it... Fighter was it Fest. At Fighter Fest. Yeah, Fighter Fest. When all of a sudden, Best Friends won, and Dark Order turned around and basically and basically targeted Best Friends. Hmm. Best Friends are now taking on Dark Order at All Out. Hmm. Anybody really surprised?
3: No, but it made sense. So that's fine.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from.
3: That. No, I'm not questioning you there. I'm just saying. When we're seeing a pattern and it's going, it's like a puzzle coming together with this company. And yeah. it's nice to see.
1: Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad that a company like this isn't going so gung ho on the loot on the, you know, the, on a Phoenix and Pentagon and the Young Bucks. That they're giving a team like the Dark Order and Best Friends their moment to shine.
2: I'm also yeah. going to say something here, John you're making assumptions about what's to come. There's still a lot of suspense with AEW. We don't know how this tag team tournament is going to unfold, who's going to be placed where, who's going to be pushed and whatnot. There's so many unknown variables that you just have to tune in to each event and see how this unfolds.
0: Oh, yeah,
3: I'm not.
2: Completely agree. Two months ago, Jungle Boy and Lutz
3: weren't even a tag
2: team.
0: Mm-hmm. No.
3: And now they are one of the hottest stories in AEW. I love it. And by yep. the way,
1: did anybody also figure out the before they made the whole announcement, who the other guy was who was with Dark Order? They had that, you know, those little those little guys who forgot their name. The um, the minions, almost. Do you want to call them that? <laughs>
3: That's the word I've been he, he, using. So.
1: Yeah, but then there was the one guy who was who was in All Covered Up. Chris Jericho? Yeah, because the only reason I bring that up is he had some sort of involvement in the post-match of the next match we're going to talk about, which was Adam Page taking on Kip Sabian. First of all, to me, we talk about Sammy Gavari being one of the top guys in this company. Kip Sabian has to be up there as well.
3: It was definitely his coming out party the other
1: night. I mean, the fact that he was, he uh, had the whole water with the the fan and he just gave him a kiss. I'm like, I
0: can't really
1: teach that. But to me, my thing with this match, though, again, good match, I'm not taking that away from that. Is why is somebody, because to me, this match, I don't know really hurts Kip Sabian but I don't know if this really helps Paige, because it's not that like Kip Sabian right now is being looked at as one of the top guys of AEW he's not in the Kenny Omega, Cody Dustin, he's not in that level yet so to me I would have thought they would have had Paige especially the fact he is the one after the title at all out, I would have well do would have had Paige go up against somebody who's not at his level, but like you know a little bit above him to really give him some credibility going into Chicago at the end of the month.
3: Uh, I gotta disagree with you there. He had a fantastic match with Kip, and he won, where we know wins and losses matter. I don't think he could have booked him better.
1: Yeah, oh, no, I know. Cruz right. Yeah.
2: I'm gonna have to agree with Jeremy here, man.
1: <laughs> I, I, to me, I just look at it this way. I get what you guys are saying, that it was that winning losses matter. I understand that. But to me, if you're, if you're looking at Adam Page as possibly being the face of your company, wouldn't you want him to go up against the top guys in the company to really give him credibility, especially going into a major match or a major event?
3: Yeah, and then you bring that guy down a peg. So, and if you saw Kip's promo before the match, it set it up perfectly. Where we talked about, I know I'm being overlooked. I know he's a number one contender.
0: Yeah, I, I just, So, I, I it just,
3: was sold perfectly, I, executed perfectly.
1: Yeah, but to me, then of course we had, you know, the aftermatch assault by Chris Jericho again. I think that's actually the first altercation they really had since Yes. Since it was known that it was Jericho versus Page, I think that was their first. Because yeah. we knew that coming out of Double or Nothing. No, they didn't. They didn't touch at all at Fight Fest because obviously Chris Jericho well, wasn't Jericho there. Well, Jericho
3: wasn't there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. That's yep. But to me, uh, oh, no, I was just looking at something quickly that Ryan sat and just posted, but it was something that I, I knew about already. Um, next match on here was the tag team match. The, first, the second tag team match, actually. Lucha Brothers took on the team of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Can these guys just have another match? I mean, to me, the, I thought these two, got, these two teams meshed well together. I thought these two teams worked well together. Of course you had, you know, your moments in the beginning of the match with pending on doing the 0, the, uh, the zero Miero. One that he does every time. But to me, these guys, I said this last week on the show, we were talking about this. I think these two teams are going to be two teams that, that people are going to have to look at as the impossible favorites for this tag team t- uh, title tournament. Because these two teams work out well. And Christopher Daniels, as the quote unquote the, I wouldn't say the cheerleader, but almost like the manager, I could realistically see a scenario play out. Because Christopher Daniels has been in this industry now for, I think, close to 30 years, if memory serves me right,
0: and
1: eventually he's going to retire from in-ring competition. He can he can talk well on the mic. Would anybody really be surprised if they all of a sudden, maybe in two three years from now, transition Daniels into more of a manager into a voice for Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky?
3: Well, he's already the talent relations coordinator. And if there was no AW he was going to retire.
1: Okay, that so, yes, that's right. So, yes, absolutely. Okay. But to me, I mean, it's, I mean, I get he's in charge of talent and everything, but I think this may be another option for him is to possibly become the manager for these guys down the road.
3: Yeah, I mean, remember he did get physical in the match, and he was fantastic at that, as usual.
1: And he, you know, he can really get a crowd going with with it, with his lines and everything. But to me, he, to me, I I see him really becoming a manager of this team down the road. To me, I think it just fits it perfectly. Yes, do Scorpio Sky and Frank and Kazarian need a manager? No, not realistically. They can both speak well on the mic. They know how to get over. They they are over right now. But to me, if you can add Daniels into that mix and be in the manager, where he's cutting the promos and he's really, I mean, it can really go a long way for Kazarian and Sky.
3: I think Sky eventually is going to be a single star. He has it written on him.
1: But he, he kind of breaks off from SCU or
3: kind of goes off on his own. I think so. I mean, you were there. Matt Jackson highlighted him at the the event of StarCast. You're not highlighting someone just to be a tag team player.
1: No. Oh, that guy has charisma. He definitely has charisma. But him as a singles guy, uh, I'm not saying it it couldn't happen. I think it definitely would. But I think they would have to make it. Because the thing is, people know him now as being the third guy of SCU. That's what he's known for right now. To me, it would be interesting to see the transition for him to kind of break off Daniels and Kazarian. Okay, then what do you do then at that point, then? If you have Christopher Daniels retire and Scorpio Sky becomes a singles guy, what do you do with Frankie, then?
3: Do you make him... Frankie's gonna be Frankie's going to be a great guy to work with the younger talent with so, so many years of experience.
1: Then, so he would almost become, am trying to think of the right guy. To use, almost almost like the Cassius Otto. then? I know that's kind of out of left field, right. but it's the only one I can think of right now.
0: Of like, I mean, almost listen, like Frankie Cassius can still Auto. go. Oh,
1: yeah, he can. Um, I'll say he can.
3: not So I think, for the, like I said weeks ago, it's all hands on deck the first year. I don't see SEU being tinkered with. No. But down the line, absolutely,
1: they're all going to break up. Yeah, it's. To me, it's a very interesting thing. But, Cruz, what are your thoughts on this match?
2: Just. Again, I'm just going to agree with Jeremy. I enjoyed the match for what it was. I mean, at this point, I, I was just so into and getting prepared for the main event match and and the Kenny match. Yeah, I I just kind of glanced right through this one here.
1: Then we got the end of the match where the Lucha Brothers got ladders
2: and basically
1: challenged the Young Bucks for their AAA titles at All Out. So I think we can kind of mark that down as another match for All Out. So right now, even before we get to the Omega and the Young Bucks match, right now we have... Page and Jericho for the title. We have Dark Order versus Best Friends. We have Awesome Kong versus Asia Con. Or, I'm not saying this is death. I'm saying these, these ones are the ones mm-hmm. that are more likely Most happen. likely, yes. Um, we're going to probably get Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. In a ladder match. We're also mm-hmm. going to have Spears versus Cody as the challenge was officially made on tonight's Road to All Out. Which still leaves a couple of spots open then. Because then what do you do with somebody like Dustin? You're not going to have him. I don't know if you're going to keep him off the show. But you, that's where, that's a big question mark. What do you do with Kenny now?
3: Kenny's wrestling monthly.
1: Oh, yeah, Kenny's right. yeah. I forgot that one for some reason. Okay, so then what do you do with, so I think realistically, I think the card is basically set then. The yeah, the top part. Obviously, the bottom part will know probably the week of, or you know, two weeks beforehand.
3: But <laughs> I, I think a lot of stuff is is falling into place Perfect. MJF will have some role in that show. Okay. I I'll
1: say this right now. I think MJF plays some sort of role in the main event.
3: Uh, no, they're not big on so? DQs. They we haven't had one DQ yet. They're not going to do that in the title match.
1: I don't know, but to me not. they really <laughs> Oh, I hope not either. No. Don't get me wrong. I don't want it to happen. I don't but really you mean. know he's gonna he's gonna cut some sort of promo on page or something's gonna happen. And especially let's even throw this into the equation. <clears throat> let's say I just one.
3: don't see Tony Khan going for that. I really don't. He is a very purist when it comes to wrestling.
1: I, I, I agree, I just think it's going to be something to be interesting to look into. Is, what do they do with something like MJF? Well, you know damn well, if he doesn't get a match, he's going to bitch and complain about it.
3: I can but, see him being Cody's corner.
1: Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, especially the fact that he does have... He, he did kind of call out Sean Spears after the chair shot, but I could see them doing that. So yeah, it's going to be definitely interesting, but... Let's go on now to the main event. Well, not the main event. Before the, the first main event, I guess you can say. Kenny Omega taking on Shima. As far as singles matches go, this to me was probably the top. You have two guys who have been in this industry for years who... You, this match, I, mean, I, I don't know who mentioned it last week about bringing out the whole Japanese side of Omega's wrestling. You saw that in this match. A lot of times it was, you know, counter for counter. It was re- it was a good match. I will definitely, definitely say that. it really? Definitely. Well, I don't, I don't be good, but it was, it was, it was done very well. My, my, my match is the one that's coming up at the main event. But, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this match?
3: I thought it was fantastic. It was great. I mean, that, that, that was in a weird spot on the card because people were starting to get a little tired but staying with the show because it was hot out there. And that cr- match had the crowd so invested. I mean, these guys, I mean, that one segment where they were slapping each other in the middle of the ring I. I and, and the spot with Seema and Kenny on the table, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better match.
1: But I think, unfortunately, that match got overshadowed by the main event. But, Cruz, what were your thoughts on this match?
2: Pure excellence, Jesus Christ, man! From beginning, from the from the first bell to the last bell, just pure Kenny Omega excellence. See why I say he's in the top one percent of all wrestlers globally. This man is just a money-making wrestling machine. And came out in that match right there as, as you know his his fan his fan base knows. Who Kenny Omega is and what he can produce, and if anyone is in doubt whether he ebbed a little bit, no. Let that match make a statement as to who Kenny Omega is and remind everyone, and to also also uh, highlight who Shima is, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people I... need to know who see this guy's skill set too. So. No, absolutely. Uh, I just thought it was just I, I, look excellence. If I had to, I, I would be surprised if Dave Meltzer gives this anything less than a five star. Uh, that's probably the biggest compliment that I can give a match.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely, definitely agree. And well, my favorite match is the match we're gonna to get to now, because that was the main event. That was Cody and Dustin, the Brotherhood. Reunited for the first time in a couple of years, taking on the Young Bucks. I don't know if it's something in the blood of the Rhodes family, but those guys can tell a story. And especially as we start leading up to this match, it went from being a friendly, you know, competitive match to almost to the extent of Goldust trying to prove that he can still be in this rank. To me that match, yes, did it have some slow moments? Absolutely. But it told a story. Fans were invested. To me, it was my favorite match of the fight. Guys, what were your what was your thoughts on it?
3: Excellent. Those four brought it, told a wonderful story. It was nice seeing some of the heel bullet club side of the Young Bucks. I think Nick especially with the middle finger and the older brother hug.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, you were invested in that match. And it's not easy following that Kenny Omega match. Let's let's not forget that.
0: No, absolutely not. But, Chris,
1: what about
2: you? Uh, Good point, Jeremy. The Omega match was so good. How did you follow that? You've got to be as good, if not better. And they pulled it off, in my opinion, for especially. As hungry as we are for great tag team wrestling, and I hope all promotions follow suit because everybody—I I don't give a shit what people say out there—the WWE, Impact, Rig of Honor—they're all watching what AEW is doing, and, and when they're on, t- on on TV or on the internet, they're, they're paying attention and they're seeing That's how right. that main event that main event showed that AEW is once again taking tag team wrestling to new heights. And I, it's just something that you said, John, early in my uh, business partnership with you. You said that you wished a certain company would give tag team wrestling the same priority that they did the women's wrestling, all the way to, to possibly seeing a WrestleMania tag team main event. Could you imagine that? At this point, with with WWE, I can't. Can I imagine AEW doing that? Of course. Absolutely. And and the anticipation, the expectation for it would be what they have delivered so far. Excellent, goddamn good wrestling, entertaining stuff, edge of your seat. You're sitting here, I, I don't know, with water, with a Coke, with your family, whatever, a beer, and you're into the match and... Bro, did the Young Bucks deliver? Cody delivered, and hell yeah for the old-timers Dustin is representing <laughs> so kudos all around to, to that match
1: I mean, I mean, first of all I think with this match it showed, it showed a couple of things Cruz, you got to touch on but I think the other thing is also I don't think Goldust or Dustin Rhodes as he's now known as I don't think he's going to uh quote-unquote, hang up the boots. I know he has, Jeremy, I know you brought up last week that he does have some indie shows that he's doing, but I don't think this is it for him as far as him with AEW. Unless I missed something in one of the pro show matches. I don't think this is it for him. No, not at all. And I I think, realistically speaking, I think I wouldn't be surprised, and Cruz, I know you had to put it earlier about how I'm making assumptions about what's going to happen in this tanking uh, tournament. I'm won't be shocked if one of the teams in this tournament is the Brotherhood. Because, like I said last week, you want to have a great storyline going into the fall, you have them make a push for the belt, have them get, even if you give them a couple of months, run with the belt. And then you have them drop it to one of, like, the best friends, Dark Order, whoever, and then that's how you write Dustin off of
3: Wrestling. You know, I'm gonna throw another scenario out. Uh, he mentioned after the show that he's taken an interest in Sunny Kiss and really helped work with him on the side. I could see a Sunny Kiss Dustin Rhodes match, and you bring back a slight version of the Goldust character. I, I think
1: wouldn't be terrible. Kind of make some kind of give the rub off
3: almost. Yeah, why not? Sunny. They, they they really you know, developed a good friendship behind the scenes, I think it could translate to TV.
1: Yeah, and to me, I think... To me, Sonny Kiss really comes off as, like, almost like the modern-day
0: Goldust, to an extent. Yeah, that's what Dustin said.
2: Okay, now it's time to... let's, Let's get on the other side of this conversation. AW, what do they have to do to improve... What needs improving? What can they do to improve? And do you give them a timeline? A year, double or nothing, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Oh, um,
1: what they need to improve?
2: Yeah, what (coughs) didn't you like? What needs to improve?
1: In-ring-wise, I think they're fine. I think in-ring-wise, they're fine, yes. They don't want to have, because the one thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys noticed as well, at Fight for the Fallen, a lot of the matches it seemed very slow to me. I don't think you I don't think you have to have very quick matches like we saw like, you know, Monday night at Raw. But I don't think you have to have slow matches because then to me people don't become the best of them. I think they have as far as production wise, they have to tighten up commentary. To me I know the three guys who are there now Excalibur, Jim Ross and Alex Marvis have never worked together. But they got to get something going. Because I can tell you right now, they have those three guys on TV come the fall, they're going to lose people. Because people are going to sit there and listen to somebody like Alex Marvez talk, and they're going to be like, what the hell is this? They either have to cut it down to a two-man booth, or they have to tighten that up somehow. Then there's, you know, a few little minor production issues here and there, but I think as far as the timeline goes, I think a year is kind of tough, though. I mean, I would say probably this time, would, I would say probably about a year. And it's tough for me to say, but I think my timeline for them is a year to really get everything going and really... Because and, the thing is, we have to understand something. They're going to have a lot of eyes on them when they start TV come the fall. What's going to happen when all of a sudden that all of a sudden the popularity, I'm not saying the popularity is going to go downhill, but what's going to happen when all of a sudden they have a show, like let's say one week they do, what should I think here, 6.1, I'm just throwing just it out there. What's going to happen then the following week if they do a 4.0? That's what I'm curious to see how they're going to bounce back. But to, Chris, to answer your question, I give them probably this time next year to really get everything into motion.
3: Uh, you asked me the matches have been fine. Um, and granted, not to brag, but I've been to every AEW show so far, so I haven't <laughs> sat home and watched it live. But what I've noticed when I do watch it on replay is I think the camera work sometimes misses an entrance. Uh, for example, Cody at Double or Nothing, he was already halfway out when we saw it, Saw so him come out. out. Uh, when Hangman ran to the ring to, to attack Jericho, we should have seen him going down the ramp. He was already in the rink. So I'd like to tighten that up a little more, because I'm big on entrances. They need to show the full effect. Like, when you're there, you see the full effect, and I think you need to get that at home more, too. Uh, Definitely, minimum a year, if not a little more. But one thing I've learned with this company is they have their fingers in the pulse of everything. They hear the complaints, they know what's going on, and they work on it. They don't have an attitude of You guys just shut up. We know what we're doing. Leave us alone. (laughs) They don't think like that. (laughs) Like a certain other Uh, place. Um, So that's why I think it will all get corrected. And with Keith Mitchell there, you know it will.
2: Okay. My biggest pet peeve is Alex Marvez. uh, I, I think he's a problem. I think he's a problem. I think he has no charisma. And I definitely think that the job of the, uh, your announcers is definitely to get people over, continue the buzz. Uh, I, I just don't think he's, he's cut out for that job. It's certainly in, maybe in a sports setting, interviewing, uh, something backstage like that. But carrying a show and talking through a match, I, I just, I think that's an issue. But that that would be the only thing. That would be like ninety nine percent. You know, ninety nine percent good, one percent bad. Yeah, but, but that it, the three shows I think, is fantastic. Oh yeah. <laughs> but Chris,
1: <laughs> just go back to you think about Alex Barbez for a th- for a second, even though that may be one percent wrong, to some people that's a big part of the show is the announcers.
2: Yeah.
1: Because they it's tell their the story job, for you. the people yeah, they tell the story. If you have somebody like like Alex Marvez on there who isn't really telling a story, you're going to sit there and go, why am I going to listen to this guy?
2: And I they would the organic yeah. approach. So an uh, overall grading. Mean, sorry. You were there. What was your overall grading for the show?
3: On a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say three and a half, 9. I mean, 10s are hard to give. Mm-hmm. I can't give you know what I can't get below a 9. From start to finish, I felt this so moved so smoothly and the match positioning was perfect. Yeah, I give it a 9. Absolutely.
2: Cruz? 8.5 Uh <sighs> between You know what, man, dude. No, no, no. I take that back. It's it's a little bit higher than Impact and I gave Impact an 8.7. I I would say this is probably 8.8, 8.9. 8. Let me just go with eight point nine. Okay, I
1: didn't know we were to so technical with the numbers here for a second.
2: <laughs> go for it, man. Have some fun. Oh boy. And and
0: it, a, a, You're gonna give it was, a two,
2: huh? No, not that
0: mean. <laughs> not that
1: mean. I'm gonna give it an eight point three. We want to go on the technicality ahead. like that. The biggest downfall for me, in, in real in realistic terms. Was what they did to Britt Baker in in her match. Okay. To me, that was a big downfall to me. With all the issues with concussion protocols now, you don't go that route. That was one issue. I thought to, I thought a lot of the matches to me felt very slow, and maybe that was because of the heat. Maybe the heat had something to do with it. But yeah, I would give it an 8.3. Okay.
2: So I think that wraps up any. Is, is there any other AEW speculation and talk out there, Jeremy?
3: Not that I've heard of. But yeah, no, my God, I've God, am I excited for All Out?
1: Well, all I, think I just want to say quickly about All Out is in one episode, they got people emotionally invested in the Sean Spears Cody Rhodes. I,
3: I was right before we got on the show. I agree with you there, John. And we said weeks ago that they had a perfect story for this match, but I I, ch- I checked. It it had been launched for 10 minutes on YouTube. I think they already had, like, 24 or 2,500 views. Yeah. So people are waiting for it to come on instantly to watch this thing. Yeah, and to me, but it's funny.
1: They did that in one episode, though. Yeah, 10 minutes
3: in. To me, yeah, not
1: even, to me, I'm... I'm I can't wait, and right now knowing what SummerSlam is going to look like, what Takeover is going to look like, and what this card is going to look like, <clears throat> I don't want to say it right now because I don't know if I'm really going out on limb here, but I think All Out could be the best, have the probably have the best card of the three of those three shows in the month of August.
3: I will bet anyone right now, All Out blows SummerSlam out of the water. But while we were just talking about that, I'm I'm on YouTube right now and it's been up for two hours, but up to twenty four thousand views.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because
2: people are interested. <coughs> to me, they are
1: interested. We're, we're they... so
2: interested. We're so interested, John. That and those uh, numbers tell a lot. You, they try. Uh, somebody tried to counter program AEW and it didn't work. <laughs> I told you it oh. wouldn't work.
1: Uh, no, Cody
2: Rhodes talked about and that.
1: Yeah, but not to cut you off there, Cruz, but my thing also is also this, though. In the shows we've done in 2019, doesn't it seem like we talk about AEW at least once a week, if not once every two weeks, Cruz?
2: They're the number two company.
1: Yeah, but they've only yep. had three freaking shows this year.
2: No matter, there's a number two.
0: Yeah. And
2: if they had Vince McMahon's money and, and longevity, they would definitely be number one because they're doing well, they have a the lot money. right. So, longevity and history and okay, their global presence, uh, this, this would be a, a, a monopoly towards AEW. So, kudos to the Young Bucks and the Elite again I you know, as eight fans. Eight. So all right. that. Fans, we all know what the AEW effect and it's permeating into all other promotions, including the one that they try to counteract with because I saw the replay. It was actually a pretty good show with uh, Evolve and 205 and NXT doing Evolve 131. But again, we'll talk about the AEW effect at, at the end of the show, but man, thank God for them. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Amen. Amen, Cruz. Yeah. But before we get to, because we're going to talk briefly about Evolve here, Cruz, we know it's your birthday in a couple of days.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: And Jeremy and I got you a little present.
0: Okay. Have you ever heard of the website called Cameo? Yeah.
1: Cruz. Okay. Yeah. We actually... We didn't tell you about this at all because we wanted to get your reaction. But we actually got a little shout-out for you. Let me play the shout-out for you.
0: (laughs) So just keep prepared.
1: Hopefully you guys Uh can hear this. What's going on?
3: It's Austin Theory. And a big shout-out to Comeback Wrestling Show Podcast for making this happen for a very special person. His birthday is July 19th. It might not be July 19th yet, but it's coming up. I'm talking about you, Cruz Santiago. I just want to wish you a happy birthday. I heard you're a huge fan of Austin Theory. I really appreciate your support, man. Happy birthday. What's
0: oh, going on, shit. <laughs> 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 Oh, shit. <laughs>
2: Yo, my cup run is over. You guys just made my fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> Mic <Mike laughs> drop. <laughs> oh, man. That is Great. Oh, sh- oh, thank you so much, guys. Oh, my God. Thank
3: you, man. That was great. <laughs> oh, God.
2: Cruz, I, just so you
3: know, John really wanted Seth Rollins to do it. And I <laughs> said, John, John, you know, let's just go with Austin Theory because we know Cruz likes him.
2: <laughs> oh, heck yeah, man. <laughs> just kidding. <There. laughs> Oh, I'm almost at a loss for words, man. <laughs>
0: hey.
1: That's why we didn't, we didn't make any that mention of this. That was great,
2: man. That was great.
3: Now, this was all on the side talked about. <laughs>
0: that was awesome, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, let's get over now to evolve. I will be the first one to say this. I didn't watch a lot of the show because I was kind of watching Fight for the Fallen and then with the fact that I had to be up at work early on Sunday and really get a chance to watch a lot of this, but I mean, overall, what were your your guys' thoughts on this?
3: You want me to go, Chris? Yeah, go go. go Oh, no, you know what? I sat down and watched it yesterday at the time, and I'll admit I'm not that up on involved. I mean, I know the top people, obviously, and I thought they did a great job of introducing each talent. They assume that not everyone watches it, and they did a great job of just letting you know who everybody was. Even the opening with all the guys in the ring, I thought was mm-hmm. a great touch. So I was basically taught who the, the talent was, and they did a great job of it.
2: I'm, I'm going I'm to give them a lot of praise here. Cause I, okay, off the bat, one of the best, Evolved shows since, I, I mean, and I would have to go back to like 91 or 88 when, you know, they still had, you know, uh, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee and, you know, DJ Z and, and uh, some of the 205 guys, uh, 205 Live guys were there. So this, from the Josh Briggs, Anthony Green, all the way through the Adam Cole match. I thought flowed very well I, I did not see a bad match even it, the the one that was quick with Baba Tunde and Col- Colby Carino was fairly quick that's that's fine you know it was just an ass whooping really quickly there um, but bro what can you say about AR Fox and Eddie Kingston indie guys who showed out you saw they had a good tag team match you saw what Matt Riddle can do uh, when when he's given freedom to do his thing I think the whole fucking world knows who Austin Theory is now and J.D. Drake and kudos for them so it's if, if for no other reason than that alone there since I am such a big Austin Theory fan and I have been <laughs> since the beginning of 2017 uh, now, now the whole world knows and you know this kid is going to be I don't know Rocket right to, through NXT and, and main roster. Kudos to him. I, I thought it was yeah. a good show. Yeah, it was. No,
1: Jeremy, what were you going to say?
3: Uh, no, I really enjoyed JD Drake's promo before the match. I was not that familiar with him, and when he said, "You look at me, and people think I should be driving the ring truck, not wrestling,"
0: <laughs> I said, "That's
3: it. He has got me." Because he admits he's a regular looking guy.
0: <laughs>
3: but yeah, great match. Austin awesome Theory is the future for WWE. And he said it in the, right in that promo when he said, I'm going from here, I'm going to take over, and I'm going to WrestleMania.
1: He is somebody like me, just from what I've seen of him, that I wouldn't say he's going to be on a John Cena level, because I don't think we're ever going to see another mega star again in the WWE. But I think this kid really has. And he, what's funny is he's only 21, I think. 21 yeah. or 22. 21. So he still has. But th- this should just show people for a second where this industry is going. You have know guys like MJF, Austin Theory, who are not WWE guys, who are at the top of their game, and they haven't even seen 25 yet.
3: If That's why this is the best time
1: holds, ever in wrestling. Yeah. If this is what the future holds right now for professional wrestling, I'm game for it. If I know for the next probably 20, 30 years down the road, we're going to see guys like Austin Theory, Matt Riddle, uh, MJF, go down the list, Brian Cage. To me, there's really nothing. Sammy Guevara. I, yeah, Sammy Guevara, Kip Sabian. I'm all for this. I'm not taking anything away from this at all. But, like I said, I didn't really get a chance to watch a lot of this, so I really have no comment or be the harsh critic that apparently I'm to come in now on this show.
0: (laughs) But, but from what you
1: guys have said, it seems like it was a good show, so I'm going to try to see if I can watch it before we're on the year next week. But uh, anything else <laughs> you guys want to talk about with Evolve before we get to the lovely, lovely greatest show of the year, Extreme Nothing?
2: Only, only, <laughs> if I can if I can jump in here, Jeremy, only in the sense that this is in tune with what I've been saying to support your local indies. Evolve has been putting on good pay-per-views and, well, they're on Fight TV so I'm not going to call them pay per views but at least good events since I've been I've noticed them since 2016 none of their shows sucked everything has been pretty good at least average a 7 out of 10 uh, I would give this one here uh, their their 10th anniversary show an 8.1 maybe which is on the high side of what an indie would do uh and and of course we didn't talk about the uh Paul Heyman's introduction of uh, Austin Theory, which was a nice little touch there, uh, you know, giving him that rub there. Uh, but This is what you can expect in the indies, and now I see that in NXT, uh, my local indie, Absolute Intense Wrestling, which I, I'm going to make an announcement later about them, they were featured, well at least in the Johnny Gargano segment tonight, and One of their wrestlers was on NXT tonight. Oh. Big Twan. So, you you guys, I'll be posting. You know, if you're in my group, I post a lot about Absolute Intense Wrestling because they are a pretty good indie. So, they're up and coming. And a lot of folks that you see in the WWE and AEW came through there. Much like Evolve. So, support your local indies, man.
3: I'll be at the show this weekend, actually.
2: (laughs) And House of Glory, New York. Yeah. Well, there's
1: one actually by me that I'm going to try to circuit into. And that's, they don't do shows weekly by me, but they're in my area, you know, once every couple of weeks. And that's uh, Tommy Dreamer's promotion, their House of Hardcore.
3: And you got Northeast Wrestling, both of you guys. Yeah. Do a lot of shows in the area they're a yeah, top but, right. company.
1: Yeah. But I... Well, go back to the Paul Heyman thing for a second. You can't be surprised. Because didn't they do something last... Was it last year? At TakeOver Philly, where they had Paul Heyman make a special appearance? If memory serves you right.
2: I can't remember.
3: Hmm. Me neither. Um, it, it did add a lot to that match. Him coming out and doing oh, yeah. it in the
1: ECW
0: certainly.
1: arena? Yeah, it certainly it did. Well, it's yes. Yeah, uh, he basically made that arena one of. And actually, it's funny. There was a huge talk about it. Do you realize there's not many famous wrestling arenas left?
3: That's a that that would be an interesting conversation to have one day here. Yeah,
1: think about it. I'm just if not, we think about oh, the, the
3: the illustrious ones.
1: Yeah, uh, what's the bit? What's the more? Obviously, I don't want to go too far into this because I still want to get into extreme rules and my experience at Warriors Fest one day. But think about it for a second. 2300 Arena, I think, maybe the only wrestling building left that I can think of. Oh, no, you have um, a place in Atlanta.
3: Madison Square Garden.
1: Yeah, but they haven't really done wrestling, though, in that many years.
3: Okay, um. I mean, I'm biased to it, but the War Memorial Auditorium in Fort Lauderdale?
0: Yeah. Still doing some
3: wrestling, and that has some legendary ECW shows. But to me, it's not
1: that many places left. So if you ever get the opportunity... What are the places that come to your mind? To me, it's 2300
3: Arena. Anything else? The Dallas Auditorium?
1: Yeah, the Dallas, yeah, you can throw that in there. I mean, the guarding, yes, because I know, yeah, they just did the G1... Uh, event is passed. And Raw and SmackDown uh, are coming there.
0: Yeah, oh, that's going to be <laughs> wonderful.
1: Actually, I wouldn't be surprised. If I may try to get tickets for that. I'm not too sure yet.
0: but Barclays must me, have been booked.
1: But... Well, no, no, The funny part is, do you know they're actually doing a deal now, which I never have seen this one before? They, If you buy tickets for Raw, you can do a package deal and get tickets for Raw and SmackDown.
3: They've been doing that. I yeah. did that uh, three years know. ago. Yeah. Yeah. You could get the same seat for both both shows. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's also very rare that they do this the, a show not coming off of a pay per view in the same arena. Since a whole time, whole time.
3: like uh, in Phoenix, I was able to do both.
0: So and that, in the future,
2: that? John. Yeah, John. In the future, I, I hope that you you know make a great deal of money and fortune and what have you. And what what you'll find is that uh, it's actually a better deal if you have an NXT TakeOver uh, main roster event, Raw and SmackDown, four events over four days, and you get a pretty good, I don't know, 100-level seat, yeah. it actually comes out as a better deal if you buy it that way through that package.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I know. Like, I'm trying to figure out now, depending on my schedule next week, I may go to the city on Saturday night for a Ring of Honor, for Manhattan Mayhem.
3: Which yeah. is going to be an awesome show.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's for blaming. me. We'll, if we have time, we'll talk about that a little bit later. <clears throat> but let's talk about the lovely, lovely extreme bullshit. And we're happened. done.
2: No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you're calling it bullshit?
0: A lot of the Oh, oh of... there we go. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't
3: poke the bear, John. <laughs> Don't
2: I would have figured you would have been like, Oh, my God, WWE did something right.
3: No, they didn't.
1: Oh, no, they did not. Oh, no, they did not, buddy. No, they didn't here. Okay. Because it didn't, it didn't really... Go into it. it. Oh, believe me, I will. But let's start off with the pre-show, because for some godforsaken reason, we had to put Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura with the IC belt on the fucking pre-show. Does anybody see any illogical moves there? That why are you going to put two guys who should be, oh, I don't know, actually wrestling more than once every six months on the pre-show? So, yeah, we'll start off with that match. Uh, as we saw in the pre-show... <coughs> we saw Finn Balor drop the IC belt to Shinsuke Nakamura because for some reason that I don't know why Shinsuke Nakamura deemed that he was going to go after the IC belt where we haven't seen the guy on TV in a couple of months I mean, what were you guys thoughts on this match?
0: Uh,
3: if it's true that Finn Balor requested time off I see why he dropped the mm-hmm. belt
0: well, the rumor
1: is they don't think he's, I, I think he asked for, he got, he got asked, he asked for the time off, he's got it, but I don't think they're going to do it until after SummerSlam.
3: Right. Is but they what don't, they just don't want him to champ because of that.
1: Well, you could have at least dropped it, at, you know, oh, gee, I don't know, you know, on the show, on Monday Night Raw. Uh, 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 to, I'm, to, I'm with
3: you on this one. Those are two top five performers, and you have them on the pre-show. Typical WWE.
1: (laughs) Cruz, what about you?
2: I I don't like the idea that this was uh, done so low on the card and so insignificant. Look, the fact that it was a surprise, I I guess I can give them kudos for that. The fact that they led off with a seven-minute match, these two? These two deserve 25 minutes. 30 minutes at the top of the card, if not the main event, uh, I I don't like how they're treating that title. My my views are are very kind of like 1980-ish. I I like the way that the Intercontinental (coughs) Championship was always the locker room title, and the main belt was always the fans' title. Uh, I, I don't like how this is treated, but hopefully this builds up for something in the future.
1: You know what's funny though, and this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be weird for me to say this, but when a certain wrestler held that belt, and I'm talking about the Miz here, the Miz made that belt
3: relevant. You knew of the IC uh, belt before If you say Miz. so.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. No, but in all seriousness, okay. Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura had money written on it from the day Shinsuke got there. Where <laughs> were the two times they have wrestled on an NXT TV taping? and a pre-show for Extreme Rules. I mean, yeah. you, there's no words for that.
1: Pretty much. I mean, I felt this match. Well Also, didn't they announce it like 30 minutes before the show even began? But,
0: mm-hmm. something, yeah, like
1: that. something like that. They said Paul
3: yeah. Heyman wasn't happy about that, and it was a mistake, but I don't know how true that is.
1: I, I, coming off of what happened Monday night, which we'll get to in a bit, and we usually don't talk about it wrong, but I, I'm, I'm, I have a few things to say about that, but um, overall, I mean, eh. the next match, for some reason I'd like to know, did the Cruiserweights piss in Vince McMahon's Cheerios the wrong way? Why is it that every goddamn show, they're always on the pre-show, and they usually put on the best matches of the night?
3: Yeah, but what's Vince McMahon's perfect wrestler?
1: Not a cruiserweight.
3: Exactly.
2: And, and I'm also gonna I'm I'm also gonna say that the fans, the WWE fans, are partly to blame for the lack of 205 live support. They don't watch it. They don't support it. They 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 don't talk about it. They don't post online about it. So what is Vince and them supposed to do? The, the, they don't see the significance of this brand, that is the pro wrestling brand under the WWE umbrella. The fans don't watch it. They don't care. Absolutely. So, and they leave
3: the building oh, early after Matt tenants.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree that the fans are to blame, but, I mean, my God. These guys, Gulak and Tony Nese put on one of the best matches of the night. And only half the crowd was there because... There was on the pre-show. Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! Hold on! Hold on! We can't say pre-show, because old Vince Kennedy McMahon there doesn't like that term anymore. I don't know if you guys read that report.
2: I don't give what a fuck he what he likes. He <laughs> prefers <laughs> it to call
3: kickoff show. Same
2: shit. Fuck him. To me, uh, whatever. To me,
1: it's the same. To me, it doesn't make any sense that he that they would have to do a whole thing that. Oh, he doesn't like the term pre-show. Okay, then what do you think a kickoff show is, then?
3: I mean, really. It, he, apparently he's known for that. I mean, he doesn't even like the word belt for championship belt.
2: No, it, he has it, a problem it's titled. I mean,
3: fuck Vince uh, at this point.
1: Apparently he also doesn't know what good wrestling is, but we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: The Oops. first match of the main card oh, was... Oh, boy. ...surprising.
1: The match that you what I... said last week on the show which should have been the main event.
2: Yeah. And I stand behind that? And I double that. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> well, if you want to be technical, if you look at this card in reverse, then technically it was the
0: main event.
2: Well, you I, I could I can get on the Brock Lesnar championship banner and say that Brock Lesnar defeating your boy was the main event.
1: Okay, first of all, first of all, he's not my boy. I'm not that big of a fan uh-huh. of Rollins. <laughs> I still
0: want to
1: belt on Lesnar, but we'll get to that in a bit. But, yeah, Taker and Roman are, as I call them now, the graveyard dogs, which means this team is going to be around for a while because the else in the hell... WWE spend money on making a name for this team. Mm -hmm. Took on the team of Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. It ain't no, I have to just set this. It ain't no hold barred tag team match, but they still have to pit. They still have to tag the other guy in. Yeah. Also, they're trying, and no, nobody brought this up yet, which I was kind of surprised. They're trying to build this whole Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens thing. Off. We didn't mm-hmm. see a run in. We didn't. We didn't see a run in from freaking Kevin Owens, but we had a fucking run in from Elias. I, I, am I the only one was seen the logical book in here?
3: John, I can't make sense of this company, so don't, like, you know.
1: I'm not yelling. I'm just trying to just. No, I understand.
3: Nothing makes sense there right now.
1: I I don't understand. They're
3: they're two steps forward, ten steps back.
1: Two steps forward, ten steps back, and apparently are blind. Oh. Oh, believe me. Oh, believe me. You haven't seen a side of me yet that you will after this Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Review, but what's in this match? This match went 17 minutes.
2: a Lot of big spots for Drew McIntyre. I like that. I, I as far as Shane McMahon, I, I just don't want him on my TV anymore. He's a relic of the past, and he should just stay there. Uh, the Taker, they're, they're they're dipping into that well a little bit too much, in my in my humble opinion. And I, I, man, if Drew is the man to retire him and, and they do that mania, I give Drew the bump because he needs it. He, he has to get out of this mid-card hell that he's in and go to the top of the card where we think he belongs because the guy is that talented as far as Reigns, Reigns is a stable main eventer, right? There's there's very little wrong with him. So overall, the match was kind of too long. (laughs) The spots that I liked was, you know, everything with Drew, Uh, whether he was getting beat up and whatnot. The Shane shit was, was, you know, old school Shane. But at this point, I'm like, get the fuck off my TV and give that time to the wrestlers. Uh, So... But that,
1: that, I'll just leave it there.
2: Uh, Jeremy, I mean it's interesting because usually Sane
3: signs a three-match deal a year. I think he mm-hmm. has had to have exceeded that by a mile already this year. Yeah, too much. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did. Oh. Yeah,
1: he did. Was he at Mania? I don't remember.
3: Yeah, yeah, against the Miz. Miz. No, he did oh, Royal no, Rumble. No. He did. Uh, I think he did the pay-per-view after Mania. Oh no,
0: okay. he We're did on Saudi. On my <laughs>
3: Oh, Shane, I'm talking about.
0: Okay,
3: um,
2: yeah, 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 Take her to not.
3: No, but it, I, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I love Shane enough. Can we start elevating some younger talent? And you know what? If that person can't carry the ball, move on. But we're not going to know unless you give somebody a try.
2: Ideally, to me, what I, what I say, John and uh, Jeremy, the pre-show and at least the second – match of the main card should all be young lower card people who are who need it. The Liv Morgans, the uh, Apollo Cruises and, and the rest of them who need some sort of momentum. And this is wasted on these people who I'm just kind of like Shinsuke Nakamura belongs at the top of the card. Finn Balor too down that at the lower end. Fuck is wrong here. But I digress. I mean, agreed.
1: Well, first of all, Chris, going back to what you just said before about Drew McIntyre retiring Undertaker, if that's the case, again, I would I would fully see that coming, but would it be special at this point when they've had plenty of opportunities to go that retirement route, and you're going to use it on the, to me? If he does retire, are we going to
3: really believe it at this point? That's the thing. He, you did it with yeah. Reigns. You had him put his coat on. He took off his gloves. He put his hat in the middle of the ring. End of story. That
0: should have for him. What was the point of that him. now?
3: I, I was there. I saw it live. I said I was part of history. Only for him to come back. Like
2: I, I can't even continue there.
1: Oh well, I want to I want to get critical on this stuff, believe me. Please. But let's Oh, believe me, I certainly will. To me, this match again it just proves the same point again that Shane McMahon and WWE for some reason does not want to give an opportunity to somebody, oh gee, I don't know, like Ali, like Buddy Murphy. No, they'd rather give it to somebody like Undertaker and Shane. I, Undertaker, I don't have a problem with, but Shane, I am 100% like anti-Shane at this point. To me, when he comes on the TV, I change the channel. To me, he is boring as hell. This whole oh, I'm the best in the world. I'm like, we get it. You're a heel. Cut it right. Here. Oh boy. Alright, let's get to the next match The Revival took on The Usos for reasons I do not know why Because they wanted to put you, Do you realize one thing here? The Usos and the New Day you, To me, that's where the tag team division ends Because it seems like WWE does not want to push another tag team Like they have with the Usos and the New Day And yes, they are good teams Don't get me wrong But when you have a team like Heavy Machinery like the Ascension. You can't give them time, but for the last three years, you can put the fucking New Day in every tag team title match that SmackDown has, or the Usos in every tag team title match. Are there, I mean, I'm surprised now that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are finally getting a push. This is me now, they're going to get put into a tag team title match and actually hold the belts longer than 15 minutes or a cup of coffee.
3: You can't make any sense of how they handle tag teams though to be. It's a joke. <clears throat> it's not that for a long time.
0: Now,
2: but John, was it re- this match was this match good, or was this match bad?
1: I mean, it was good because you had two good teams here. Don't get me wrong. The revival and the Usos are good. But I'd like to see the revival take on other teams already. Hmm. I feel like this revival usos thing has been going on for way too long.
0: And, and, and the Usos my, New
3: Day it seems like the beginning
2: of time.
0: <laughs> U- U-
2: I, thought, I thought of this entire card, this was one of the better matches of the entire night for that company.
1: Oh, don't get me wrong. It was for the fact that the Usos know how to put on a good match. But this was like the whole argument with Shane. For some reason, the WWE sees the New Day... Sees the Usos and sees nobody else.
3: No, and if you are a tag team, it's a means to an end. It's who's going to turn on who wins. It's not. Let's work with these guys, build them up, make them a legit team.
1: Like I've said this for a while now, and I'm not the only one who has said this. The best tag team division out there right now is AEW.
3: It's not even a debate.
1: Yeah, to me, they. And, and like I said before, they only had three matches. The WWE's been around for a lot longer, and their tag team division sucks ass. But let's. But, they, I mean, over, overall, though, I mean, the fact that they're finally giving the Revival a run with the belt I'm happy. I'm happy, but to me, let's see the Revival take on. Gals and Anderson. Let's see the Revival take on another team other than the Usos. Is that too much to ask for?
0: And
3: let's call up Fish and O'Reilly.
1: Yeah, I would be against. I would not be against that at all. I would not be against it at all. But let's go on now to the next match, which was. Give me a second. You have to go back to my notes.
2: Aleister Black and Cesaro. Match of the night. Quick, yeah, I, easily match. Say. Match
3: of the night. Match yes. of the night.
1: Match of the night, but you. unfortunately, to me, got overshadowed for the fact that nobody knows why these two are fighting. Who cares? Match oh, delivered. It, I,
2: yeah, it, it
1: definitely delivered.
2: I mean, if it, but, how can I how can I put this? If you're watching professional wrestling for the stories, for for, for the drama of it, I, I guess you would take that attitude. If you're watching it for the wrestling. This was
1: oh, a match this of the match, night. With this match it was, I definitely agree. This was definitely match of the night. <coughs> but to me, that should not have been a nine minute match. See that was probably my big but nine minutes they did tell a story though. They did tell sort sort of a story here. But to me, yes, this was match of the night. Yeah, that's
2: okay. The next fucking match was bullshit. Oh Bailey uh, and Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. You know Thank you're critical you of AEW. A- A- w- <laughs> oh,
1: I'm not critical of AEW. Believe me, I'm not. I, well, I'll take that back. I was only critical because of what happened in the match. That's probably my, where my criticism ends with AEW. Yeah.
2: With yeah, yeah, with but that, match, that was an accident. This is the fucking accident from beginning to end. Right.
1: Much, and if they didn't know she was this.
2: concussed, you can't get mad at them for that. Right. Oh no, not we' we're in
1: this match? My biggest thing with this match is is Alexa Bliss still injured?
2: No. I don't think so. She wrestled a row, right? Yeah.
1: sort of. She kind of was in and out of the ring a lot, but to me, uh, why are they booking her like she's still injured?
3: I I think she's under uh, what's a what's the concussion protocol? No, because then you can't work then. Um, I think they're just taking baby steps with her.
2: Didn't she just have but breast I... implants put in, upgraded, or, or changed out? Yes.
3: That was a while
2: ago, so, I think. Yes. So,
3: yeah. Was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> really correct. My... It's been a while.
2: <laughs> well, I, I had that... chest surgery myself, so it takes time to heal from that. Yeah.
1: I'm surprised with this match, but they kept the belt on
2: Bailey. I'm surprised I'm, they got ten fucking minutes. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about Bailey. I don't give a fuck about Nikki, Alexa. They don't belong on the fucking main card. I'm sorry. Look who Ronda Rousey belongs on the main card. Charlotte, Becky. I I will give Bailey maybe a little bit. Oscar. Where the fuck is Oscar? Where the fuck is Sasha Banks? I, mean, I don't give a shit about her no Nikki Cross. Who who the fuck is the shit about her? You actually see or care? That's why I was surprised about this and so and I'm so fed up with this shit here now. Bailey's okay, booked Sylvia. wrong. The Bailey of fucking NXT was something special. This bitch now, I don't know what the fuck she is.
1: Well, the correct the correct Bailey is being booked right now in AEW. If you want to get technical. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I, I don't look at like that, John. Uh, not to interrupt <laughs> you. The AW lets you be you. <laughs> Bailey is not a nice person outside of wrestling, and Cody exposed that, whether he meant to or not. So, oh, people know that now.
1: Yeah, but I think Cruz, going back to your thing for a second, I think if you were to switch one of the matches out of the pre-show, Cruz, would you have switched this match out with the? Cruiserweight match?
2: Easily. Easily, sir.
1: To me, that of would... Of significance.
2: Of significance. Make a poll. Ask the fans what they want to see. I bet you this would have been in the bottom two. Yeah. A terrible build-up, too, for this match. Terrible.
0: <laughs>
1: well, to me, the way they were booking this match, I really thought they were going to give the belt to Nikki here. Oh, no, they would have been co-champions. Hold on. Let me backtrack on it. They would have been co-champions. But I thought the way they'd been booking Nikki, I thought this would have led to them getting the belts for a while. Because, and like we saw Monday, they lost the SmackDown tag, they lost the SmackDown title. Alexa Bliss lost the number one contendership for the Raw title now. What are do you doing something like with Alexa Bliss going into SummerSlam? You're not going to have her turn on Nikki so fast.
3: No, and listen, we know... What drives WWE is who the top paid people are. I think Alexa Bliss is one or two in that department in WWE now that Rhonda's not there. So, they'll figure out some way for her in a top spot.
1: Yeah, I just... Knowing that, it probably won't make any sense, though.
3: Well, that goes without saying.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, no,
1: this match to me... From the I mean,
2: Let's move on. Fuck that match. Okay, the this next match. match
1: was... <laughs> Braun Strowman took on Bobby Lashley. And I think Bobby Lashley had to get picked up by a very large, um, uh, you know, Fryer thing. A, <laughs> uh, flip think after he took the power slam, through whatever uh-huh. the hell that thing was. And the moment I got with that match was at the end. When referee John Cohn is about to hit the ten, and he thinks it's gonna be a double countdown, and all you can see is the wood break apart, and he just sees Strowman standing there and getting, like does one of his poses. I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be the moment that people will remember. But oh, yeah. This is this is what I was hoping for. I was getting sick and tired of the, oh, on this week's episode, Strowman and Lynch are gonna have a tug of war match, or they're gonna see which building they can knock down first. But no, they actually let them wrestle and let them beat the shit out of each other. Get it Yeah. To me, this match was what it was supposed to be. It was yes, supposed yes, to bring these guys to their next level. Yeah. Do I think this this helps them? I I don't know. Because I'm curious to see. We'll talk about it when we get to the main event because I know that's gonna get interesting. Um, But to me, this match, I'm curious to see if all of a sudden when they're done with the main event at SummerSlam, if either Strowman or Lashley get get put into the main event, head into the fall.
2: So who would you put in in that position?
1: Right now, Lashley. It's different. We've seen Strowman in the main event already. To me, if you want to even go... If I was booking it right now, I would have Lesnar feud with Lashley going through mm-hmm. the end of this year. Then, I would use in that time Heimson. Who's,
3: who's the baby face, though? Bobby Lashley? Uh, they heels. You know, WWE doesn't like doing heel versus heel type thing, so.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess Lashley, because, I mean, he was only really getting over as a heel because of Leo Rush.
3: In his with
1: I, yeah, I, I guess you can be I guess he'll be the one to turn the face But my thing is this Have them feud through the end of this year In that time span Rebuild Braun Strowman up to, the, to be in the monster among men Have Strowman then get into the Rumble next year Break Reigns' record Really let him go and then I would have Strowman take on whoever the Universal Champion is going into WrestleMania next year. But you use the rest of this year to rebuild him up.
3: I'd repackage him, too. Different look, different music, just it's gotten stale. Well,
1: how would you... Well, okay, if Vince McMahon came to you and asked you, Jeremy, what would you... Well, what should... Ron Showman's new gimmick be?
3: What would you make him then? No, 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 he's still the monster. But I'm just talking about maybe different attire, different music, uh, talk on the mic a little bit more. That type of stuff. Um, maybe talk less on the mic. Well, I think I, when he became too much of the comedy guy, his organic baby face turn that was doing wonders for him dropped.
1: Well, I was going to ask you this. Do you think he he needs a manager, like somebody to talk for him?
3: No, but that would be if he's a heel. Um, no, I don't think so. He can talk. I just, yeah, I'd repackage the guy. Interesting. But he just won the match the other night, so that means he's the one on the trajectory headed for Lesnar, not Bobby.
1: Yeah, but to me, you put you put Strowman against. Le- Le- um, Lesnar, it's gonna be, it's gonna repeat and re, and rinse. it's gonna be rinse and repeat again. How many times have we see Showman go after Lesnar already? No, I agree. To me, it's, I, I look at it as, maybe I look at this whole thing different, but I look at it as, I want change, I want fresh storylines, and to me, Showman and, and Lesnar, it's, oh great, here we go again for the hundredth.
3: But time. with Lesnar, with anyone, you don't have that. Who hasn't he wrestled? But, I mean, really, it's that's where the mistake I is.
1: I don't know if he's faced Lashley yet.
3: Not in WWE. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh.
1: And in all honesty, what I would do if I was them, just something out of box here for a second. Why not bring back the? um... Oh, what was the match Ken Shamrock had?
3: The Lions Den. the Hart match. The, the basement match.
1: No, the, the Lions then.
0: Match. They could
3: do an MMA aspect to that match. Um, they both had experience? Cool. Yeah. Or a wrestling aspect.
1: But to me, this Amateur. is what I go back to. It it would be different. It would be fresh.
2: Lesnar I mean, is gonna Lesnar's not gonna be the champion forever. There's gonna be somebody who's gonna beat him for this belt. Uh I I Would prefer that it not be Seth Rollins because we've been there, done that, and it didn't work. I would prefer if Brock loses the belt to give someone a major push. And the top three names off the top of my head would be Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. There are a few others that I can put into the mix if, you know, Big E uh, ever went the singles route or, or. or kevin owens if if somehow or another that was finagled in a way but certainly not shield members and certainly not people who are already over like an aj or daniel bryan so that's what i would hope we would be seeing in the future and if it's bobby lashley then he's more than earned it for the longevity of his career and he's always been good as far as i remember uh, it, and it's time for a push for someone. So if Lesnar's going to be sacrificed at SummerSlam, at WrestleMania, at Survivor Series, fine. Give me someone new. Number one of my choice at this point in time, if, if we're going with the brand split, Drew's on SmackDown now, I believe. He's more SmackDown than Raw. And Raw I have no idea. Raw? I I don't know. They need to figure that shit the fuck out. But I would say Braun Strowman, uh, not so much. Bobby Lashley would be a definite yes to me, since Brock is not going to be around forever. But also, age-wise, Lashley and Brock are both in their 40s. Braun is in his, I think, early, mid-30s something to consider, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, believe me, we'll get to uh, old Brock there in a second. Because, believe mm-hmm. me, I have a few choice words about that whole... <coughs> about that whole thing, but let's go up to the other thing that I have a huge problem with, which is the SmackDown tag team title match. As we saw the New Day, take on the team of Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, take on the team of Eddie Machinery. Why why does the WWE have to always put the damn belts on the fucking New Day? Yes, what they've done in the last five years <laughs> has been remarkable. I'm not taking that away from them, <laughs> but I don't understand this. They're like, it's like it's the New Day all the way up top with the Usos, and then it's everybody else at the bottom.
3: And if I can interject, if I can inject, I really think, and it's been WWE's problem for years, is when something isn't going right or they they hit they have a panic situation. There's certain people they always go to when they hit the panic button. It's New Day for the tag team, Lesnar for the heavyweight. It's always something like that, and fans like like you just implied are sick of that nonsense.
1: I mean. Like I, I said last week on the show, I would have loved to have seen Heavy Machinery get the win here. But, oh, wait, I forgot. They're an NXT. They're from NXT. If you're an NXT team, oh, you can't win anything on the main roster. That's a crime, apparently. So, to me, Vince McMahon has to cut the shit, let another team get a belt, Put some other guys over because this shit has to end. Again, not taking anything away from New Day. I think they're a great team, but this shit has to end, and you've got to put other teams in that position. To me, right now, you look at the you look at the SmackDown tag team title picture. Other than Heavy Machinery, who else realistically can be the ones to dethrone this team?
2: No one. No one. There's no, no There's a, not
3: many legit tag teams.
2: There's no there's, one in the I wouldn't even say there's day. a tag
3: team division. There's a couple people who are tag teams and a couple people who pretend to be.
2: And I hate it's to needed. say this, but you would have to wait for Cesaro and Sheamus to hook up, well, you know, tag team again, and maybe they might be a legitimate contender, but the answer is no one right now. Straight
3: profits, they're from NXT, nope. so they're just a gimmick right maybe.
2: now. Maybe Gallows and Anderson, if they. Book them right, but who knows how that goes. Though. Well, they're
3: AJ's with AJ now, so they're not ah, they're, going for that. They're, type, on, so. Raw. Yeah,
2: so they're on Raw. Correct. So never mind. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no one.
1: So, but that's my point, though. This, to me, has to end.
2: There's a silver lining to this, in my humble opinion. I I never liked Daniel Bryan as a tag team. I think he belongs at the main event scene of the singles, a definitely title contender and someone who can push ticket sales and merchandise and all this other stuff. Tag team, it was okay for a while, but I'm over it, man. Yeah. Uh, to me,
1: <coughs> this just this didn't make any sense from a fucking standpoint. You, what you could have done if you wanted to keep the belts on Rowan and Ryan for a little bit, you could have kept them on them until now. Had them go up against the team like Heavy Machinery come SummerSlam And give Heavy Machinery their moments of, of Glory So to speak <laughs> To me this shit has to end But so let's get on and they're over. To the, Yeah they are completely over But to me Because you're, a, you're an NXT team it, It's like you can't Win anything on the main roster To me if I'll have any of these teams in NXT I'll uh, undisputed Just go down the list I'm knocking on fucking Triple H's door begging them not to put me in that tagging division. And you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this for a second. Looking at teams that could be potential contenders. There's one team we didn't even mention who has been taking on enhancement talent since the dawn of time. And that's Eric and Ivar. me, they're a legit enough team that they can go after one of the tag belts, preferably the SmackDown but one, in my opinion. But, th- but that's my thing, though, is they've been booked poorly because they're an NXT team.
3: Because no, NXT and also that is terrible a- name you gave them their first week.
2: Yeah, they were ruined oh, off the bat with that.
3: Viking experience.
2: They were fucked up. <laughs> since that
1: Sounds like a bad right on uh, uh, Disney, if you want my opinion.
3: Right, and then you corrected it the next week, so you admitted you screwed up, and people don't forget that stuff, unfortunately. Well, their,
1: their finisher, I think if I heard Michael Cole correctly on one week of Raw, called... Were they, they even on this scary. card? No.
2: No, they weren't. Yeah. Okay, Because more. you
1: Because, know, you know, they had to take on Bobby Jones and, you know, Alex Schmidt on Monday Night Raw... Instead of actually being a legit team.
3: Hey, it was Jack Tomlinson from Creator Pro, all right. Slow down there, John.
1: I okay. don't believe he that he got a major pop that night. Uh so the next AJ Yep, AJ Styles with the with Gals and Anderson took on Ricochet shape with the United States championship. Realistically, was anybody surprised that AJ won? He has the back and of Gallows and Anderson. Was anybody really surprised by this match?
3: Well, I don't know I, if you I saw, kind of... but, I'm sorry.
0: No, but they're ahead,
3: saying all ahead. the champions champions right now are the same as a certain point two years ago. Yeah. So WWE just hit the reset button.
1: Even to the point of we're having Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens feud. All right. Uh, Cruz, what were you going to say?
2: So I was surprised Ricochet lost. Uh, he's one of the most overstars on, on Raw. Uh, these faces, uh, new champion. There's a lot of potential to do something with, with that championship. Now there's not. So now what do you do with him? Send him a five because he's too little? No, I,
1: I have a possibility. I'd I, I keep him. him around. I have a possible idea for me, for him if they don't put him, they don't have him go up against Styles again at SummerSlam. I have a perfect idea, and I think it would be it would have money all over it. What about him? Because to me, I don't believe this whole brand split thing happening anymore. I think it's pretty much all but dead at this point. What about him versus Colfi?
2: Something different. That would be hot. Yeah, that would be hot. That would be good,
1: but oh wait, there's a problem. There's logic in there. It would be different, and oh yeah, Ricochet's an NXT guy, so it would never happen. Unfortunately, it's a good idea to think of, and it's good if you have like you know WWE 2K19, you can play it in there. But I think no events. That's kind of as, as as far as it's gonna get. Mhm. But. Let's get now to the next match which I didn't even realize was a match but Kevin Owens took on Dolph Ziggler match took 17 seconds this match realistically in all honesty was more to get more airtime for Kevin Owens to, to cut another promo and yeah. more and more I am loving this new character in him I am loving. Somebody made a great point. I forgot where I read it today on Facebook. I think it may have been on Facebook. They said, "Why are you trying to make Kevin Owens a, a Stone Cold 2.0? Why don't you make Kevin oh, Owens this... Kevin Owens <laughs>
2: 1.0?" This is how Kevin Owens was in the uh, Indies and in NXT. So yeah. I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about.
3: Thank you. This is him with the volume turned up even more.
2: Yeah. In the indies, he was cursing up a storm and, and really insulting people. NXT right. version of him was always, yeah, I'm a normal guy. I'm doing what I got to do, see my family. That's what resonated with all his fans, people like me. I, I can identify with that. That's, that's what's I, the magic I, mean, I remember Kevin him Owens.
3: From, from Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was the ultra-renegade
2: there. Yeah, So this is who he is.
1: Yeah, I, me, this I is what he
2: should have been all along, John. So, yeah.
1: yeah, I I don't disagree. Then we saw Kofi Kingston take on Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. This match took nine minutes and forty five seconds. I want to make that clear because this is your WWE Championship match, and it's getting less than ten minutes of airtime.
3: Question: Is that nine minutes include entrances?
1: I don't know.
2: Okay. I, I don't think so. I think I think it only goes bell to bell. Yeah, I okay. think it's
1: only bell to bell. All right. Okay, because if that was the case, then any Undertaker match would be at least a half hour
0: because you need 25 minutes <laughs> for his entrance.
2: <laughs> Pathetic. Or, you know, I, I can't or, I can't believe this is what happens to the WWE Championship. But when you when they don't treat their own top belt. With respect why, why should I treat it with respect
1: Yeah To me this this match I don't even know the reason why these two had a match Was And I said this last week on the show Did Vince McMahon sit in his office Have a dartboard in front of him With everybody's name on it And go okay who are we going to have challenge Kofi now Go to two extreme rules and he, throws a thing, and he throws a dart And it lands on some more joy he goes okay we'll have him go
2: I'm and sorry, again, but I just wasn't interested in the match. I don't know about... Were well, you?
1: No. I wasn't were, interested.
2: I, I didn't care.
1: But to me, now begs the question. What the hell do you do with Samoa Joe now? This is the third or fourth time he has lost the title match. The, the main title. The WWE title. How... To me, he has... His credibility is going downhill. To me, I can't take him seriously
0: now. Which and is terrible, because he's so
3: good.
1: I, I, blame WWE, I blame WWE creative 110% on this.
3: I almost wonder if when he was brought into NXT, he was supposed to be... Eaten. I hate to use a word of hand, but you know, we don't see a huge future for this guy in the main roster. Let's just use him to put over the end of talent. I don't know. Hmm.
1: I really don't know. It's an interesting point, but I don't know. But and let's and he, he lost
3: a lot of steam when he got injured.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't disagree, but let's get now to Cruz's favorite match of the night. The main event. Hmm. And no, I'm not talking about when Lesnar cashed in. I'm talking about the mix the last chance winner-take-all Extreme Rules mixed tag team match between Corbin and Evans and Cruz's favorite wrestler, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: first of all, did the cam- could the camera go any farther up Lacey Evans' ass? I, I just have to say that. To me, when Lacey Evans was making her entrance and... The camera got a nice close picture of her ass. But... I don't Jeremy, like let me it. Go... <laughs> 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 uh, Jeremy, let me go with you first. On this, I know Cruz is going to have some stuff to say about this. What were you thoughts on this match?
3: It wasn't a bad match. Um, they got their stuff in. They worked hard. Um, I'll let you guys discuss the ending. I, I don't get it. If you were going to have Lesnar cash in, why tell us before the show he was going to do it? He the whole point of the money in the bank is really for a heel to win, and when you least expect it, they show up and cash in. So I just...
2: uh, Poor booking.
1: Cruz, take it away.
2: No, I want to hear your stuff. Oh, okay. I thought they had a few issues with this match
1: first one of them Jeremy's kind of mentioned was Lesnar cashing like this. Why why announce it beforehand? But I would mean going to go a step further. If the point of this match was to take the belt off of Rollins and you obviously want to push Baron Corbin who apparently from what I've read from reports is getting this crazy push because Vince McMahon thinks think, women have a crush on him for reasons I, I don't honestly understand why then why would you make this a, a last chance match when you have SummerSlam coming up to me this match it had it's moments I thought the moment when Becky took the end of days from Baron Corbin I thought Seth Rollins was going to snap and realistically I thought We were gonna get Corbin versus Rollins at Summerslam to for Rollins to defend his girlfriend's honor. I said this last week on the show, and I'll say this again: Lacey Evans should not have been in this match at all. To me, she has done nothing to warrant a title opportunity yet. Along, yet along, can't even talk right now. Yet along, her third opportunity at this belt. And to me as far as as far as Corbin, yes, he has really changed it up a bit since he came up to the main roster but to me him being the one to take on Rollins for his belt made I wouldn't say made little sense but to me kind of wasn't what I was expecting. So Cruz, what were your thoughts of this match?
2: Uh, overall, I, I would say that I was an entertained, I was entertained by this match, uh, nothing bad here, I, I don't think anything exceptionally, uh, extreme about it, it wasn't, it, it didn't resonate that way, the, the table spots were pretty cool, uh, the, the stuff where the end of days on Becky, that was, <laughs> that was funny and cool, in my opinion, a little ballsy, a little different, um, the stuff you mentioned mentioned with Lacey Evans uh, at the beginning of the match with the camera angles, I I, I didn't appreciate that. Look, I, I see her as a Marine and as a legitimate lady by what she does on social media. I think she's her whole gimmick is just not her. I would repackage this girl into some American, uh, the the you know the new real American country girl, you know with with I, I don't know Reba McIntyre, McIntyre playing. In her intro, she would be totally repackaged, playing up on on the fact that she's country, military, all-American girl, etc. Cetera, et cetera, They're probably a they uh, this sexy shit, and then that was kind of trashy. If this woman is a mother and stuff, and her daughter's got to grow up seeing this shit. Uh, I I don't know. If you're gonna be PG, be PG. If you're gonna be TV 14, then then we're gonna do attitude era shit. Let's do attitude error shit. Don't, don't be consistent with me. Da, 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 da. So that, that's the batter of the match. In and of itself, so match ended. Seth and Becky won. Uh, Seth Rollins beat the shit out of Corbin. It's over. Corbin gets no more chances. It's neither does Lady C.F. So we move on. Uh, I think Sasha Banks is needed more than ever. I think Oscar needs to return to the top of the women's division. But back to Sasha Banks, I think Vince needs to fucking lure this girl back in and get her on the show immediately. Let's go. So, it, it, just say for instance, if it was Baron and Sasha Banks, you would have been singing a different tune for this match. So, that's, that's about the match.
1: Yeah, then we had the lovely cash-in. The cash-in. yeah, that was... I have a few issues with this. To me, for starters, wasn't it reported that Lesnar was going to be one of the guys going to SmackDown when they head over to Fox in October?
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. but they've requested him. Okay,
1: then why... Because you know damn well they, they, they did not put the, him, they didn't put the belt on him for a short, a short term purpose. They put it on him for a long term purpose. But to me, then, why have, why have him be on smackdown, and why are you gonna put the universal title on him when you know damn well he's gonna be on smackdown in three or four months? What would have made more sense was to have him cash in on Tolfi That would have made more sense. In my opinion, I. <clears throat> yes, I understand this whole thing with Lesnar that when he gets the belt, it becomes a prize fighting champion. I get it. But let's be real here. When, yes, we're going to see the belt at, at SummerSlam. Okay, whoopee do. What are we going to see the belt next? Survivor Series? If we're lucky? Royal Rumble? Uh-huh. To me, the way the WWE has done their booking This was a poor decision In my opinion Because now the problem is going to be When, go back two years ago When Lesnar had the belt originally The Miz was your IC champion The Miz was able to carry Raw With the IC belt As the quote unquote The top belt of Raw Who the hell is going to carry Raw now With the top belt Since you know damn well Lesnar won't be on TV every week
2: That's AJ Styles, the United States champion. It, That's the Revival, the tag team champion. Becky Lynch, the women's champion. But the thing is Get crazy. Drew Gulak, the cruiserweight champion, to step up. Get those iconic bitches who don't do shit to lose those belts to maybe the Kabuki Warriors. And get those women on there... To push ticket yeah, sales to make the shows a little bit better. Why is the dependency always on the WWE Universal Champion? To show up every fucking week like you've had Seth Rollins do. Alright, since since WrestleMania, I show up every week. This is, this is what I do every week. What was the significance of his, his Universal Championship run? Oh, look, it's the champion. Again, talking, not wrestling, not doing shit. Is that what you prefer?
3: I mean, I'd like to see a champ on TV every week. I think that. Now, I'm not saying wrestle every week. Yeah, no. But be a focal point on TV, and that's one of the reasons I can't stand Brock Lesnar's champ.
1: To me, the issue is going to be this. They have to. And I go back to what I said when we first started talking about the WWE. Earlier in the show today, the booking has to get better if you're going to put the belt on Lesnar. You have to push guys like AJ, guys like the Revival, Becky, Gulak have to get pushed better because you know damn well the United States not right now is we looked at as the top belt of Raw for probably the rest of 2018, and 2019, into early 2020.
2: Yes, and that's because this is how it was under the Hulk Hogan era. Bret Hart, the macho man, the ultimate warrior, had to be the biggest stars of the weekly shows because the main event, the main eventer, only came on on specials within the bigger cities and for the pay-per-views. And maybe he had a video segment, but he wasn't coming out to the ring to talk and us and, and shit every fucking week, how you people are demanding of Brock Lesnar. It, it loses his appeal.
0: If you I get Mike Tyson
2: I... every week and on every Tuesday night boxing, what would be the appeal? Of, why would I pay for Mike Tyson, you know, his pay-per-views every three, four, five, six months? Yeah, but I
1: would even go, I even go a step further though. You, okay, you don't have oh. Lesnar on TV every week, fine, but you can even have Heyman come on TV, especially the fact he is the executive director of course. you know he's gonna be backstage every week now. Why not have him come out with the bell once in a while?
2: Because it's taking that's... time away from people who need that time. To me this makes sense. If you want a consistent champion on the on the show every week, you got Tuesday SmackDown. That's what they're gonna do there. And look at Kofi now. Flipping pancakes, acting like a <gasps> fucking jackass, not a serious champion. Who, who gives a shit about his matches? First off, his matches are relegated underneath the Universal Championship. This is not a formula that works, guys. I, I, I don't think it works. If, if you're going to build up somebody new, a Drew McIntyre, to defeat Ro, uh, Brock Lesnar, and then he comes on, you know, riding a wave of popularity, how they thought it was going to work with uh, Seth Rollins, but more to the point, how it worked with Roman. Then I would agree with you. Then I would say, "Okay. I I can see this. The guy, you know, a uh, Drew McIntyre holding a belt, carrying the company. Let's go. Let's do this shit." But at this point, it, it, I I disagree with the notion that Brock Lesnar has to step down, show up every week like everyone else. I think everyone else should be brought up to Brock Lesnar's level.
0: Uh.
1: You're, you're making points But to me With how much credibility that title has lost To me You have to have it on TV every week Even if you don't want to even have And I go back to what I said before Even if you don't want to have Lesnar come out with the bell Because at least it shows people that Look, here's the universal not, I'm not thinking it's to have their you know Come out with showgirls every week And go look, here's the universal title uh, The universal title I didn't even have to go as far as you could have him come out, you know, once every week, once every two weeks, cut another promo on, you know, on Rollins for SummerSlam or whatever and hold the belt. When we don't see the belt for six, seven months, then yeah, that's when I have a problem with Lesnar being the champion right now. Yeah,
0: we, it's never
2: been it's never been six, seven months. It's, it's been low at times. That's the it's problem. been three months. Uh, between three months, this three-month cycles, right? You have WrestleMania, you have SummerSlam, you have Survivor Series, and you have the Royal Rumble. And then you have WrestleMania again, all about three months apart. That's when he shows up. He shows up for the build-up to each of these main events. In the interim, that's what allowed Miz to shine. That's what allowed a Kevin Owens with the member, the United States, the, the champion of the United States. Why do you think a Becky Lynch was allowed to shine? Because he wasn't around as the champion If he was there every week Vince Vince McMahon would have pushed him Not Becky Lynch So I, I wholeheartedly disagree With all of you who are saying This is a bad move To me this is the only move you make Unless you bring back Roman John Cena You push RKO You push the people who are on Brock Lesnar's level Or you build someone up
3: well, I think Randy Orton should should have been there.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I I could see him. I cannot see Seth Rollins at this point. I I if, if, I just ask the question like this: For all the Seth Rollins fans, show me those shirts. Show me those that merchandise. Show me that you're supporting this guy. And you know, a lot of these people can't do that because they're, all they are about is bullshit talking and, and not supporting the guy. So, again, what is Vince McMahon supposed to do? He sees the ratings move, the buzz moving when Brock Lesnar is the champion, when Cena is the champion, when AJ, Daniel Bryan are the champions. Doesn't happen under Seth Rollins. What was they supposed to do? Put the sacrifice Brock to Seth Rollins again at SummerSlam? I don't want to see that. I'd rather Brock loses it to Lashley. Braun Strowman let's push him. Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, give me give me those people. I, I look at it
1: this way. If give, not me, gonna... give me give
2: me the, give, give me like this. I, I I like Seth Rollins only in the sense that an eventual WrestleMania main event, him versus Roman Reigns, should be what they their long term plan for this year. It should be Roman versus Seth, going at it as a main event of WrestleMania. Top two. They've been pushed over the last five years
1: But I think my thing is this though And then we gotta move on to the end of the show Because we're like already like, told 10 it's over already But I think if you're gonna have Anybody dethrone Lesnar and it's not Rollins I think the most logical one In my humble opinion I wouldn't even say Drew McIntyre I would not, Let me, let me back check on that one I wouldn't even say guys like Samoa Joe Because like I said before, when we were talking about him with the title picture, to me, he doesn't have a lot of credibility. To me, the one who I would have be throwing Lesnar if it's not Rollins, is Drew McIntyre. But I've been saying that from the beginning. To me, McIntyre has the look. He He can cut a great promo. So to me, if it's not Rollins, then it has to be McIntyre. I want to get quickly into Raw before we really wrap the show up tonight. Uh, I was at Raw this past weekend When in the audience The show came off Much different than it did on TV Apparently (laughs) From what I gathered on TV It did not really come out to be that good of a show And From what I gathered Apparently nobody likes Maria Canales Basically making her Basically cutting her husband's balls off On TV Is the first thing I noticed Second thing was the, for some reason, WWE has to stop with these gigantically long titles from matches. Because, why in, the, in God's name do they have to call it the 10 man all star cross branded battle royal to determine who's going to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam Battle Royal? And if you go with the list of who's in those, in the, the 10 guys in that match, You can make an argument why eight of them should not have been in the match.
3: including the idea was good, though. The idea was really good, though.
1: Yeah, the idea was good. I'm not saying that. But to me, what did Cesaro do to warrant an opportunity when he lost the night before to Aleister Black? What did... And, okay... Everybody was on the fucking Baron Corbin train. He loses at Extreme Rules, in a match that was that was the stipulation was he would never get another title opportunity. And he comes trouting out there at National Coliseum looking like he just went, he just came home from uh, you know Applebee's, get another opportunity for the title.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, there was no AJ. There was no uh, Finn Balor. I mean, there were a lot of people excluded.
1: Me, yeah. A younger
3: no, like Aleister
1: Black. Yeah, to me, it it made no sense. And,
3: and to, to have fucking that, Rollins win?
1: Oh, when that happened, I started laughing. <laughs> I, I, when that happened, I'm like, Cruz must be pissed as a mule right now.
2: <laughs> no, no, because I I foresee a Rollins ass whooping at SummerSlam. Look, Rollins, Rollins beat Lesnar and John Cena. I want to say, was it Extreme Rules before WrestleMania uh, that year? Yes, it was. Okay, and then Rollins had to cash in at WrestleMania the year prior to on Lesnar he, and Roman Reigns, uh, right? So
1: Cruz, are You talking talk about? Sorry, to you off for a second. You talking about the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago when they when it yeah, was no, Royal Rumble was. was
2: yeah, it yes, was it was the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on with the point. Robinson, Robinson has a few wins in, in Lesnar matches. I, I don't think they're going to redo WrestleMania just to get this guy over. It, they did it once, and it worked. I, I don't foresee it happening. I, I think if Lesnar sacrificed again... If his championship is a sacrifice, I think it's going to be for someone who's going to be, who's going to truly shine at that top. And quite frankly, the way that the Undertaker and Reigns or, or and Drew McIntyre, how they're pushing him against these top guys, don't sleep on him.
1: No, no, I don't know where Jeremy went. So hopefully he'll call he'll call back in before we wrap up the show tonight. I know we're going a little bit. We're going, you know, way beyond where we're supposed to go, but the biggest pop of the night curves from what I saw on Monday night was the re debut of mister Bray Wyatt. Th- when that was he cool. made when he made his debut, the place popped.
2: Erupted. Erupted yeah?
1: When you yeah. when you have a crowd, a New York crowd Chanting, holy shit You know you did something right
0: Yeah, you did good
1: My thing thing I'm just curious to see is Where do they go from here With him Because obviously we're getting him Versus Balor At SummerSlam Are we talking a year from now As far as him being on a winning streak Like this Like I'm curious to see what happens
2: Uh, I I don't necessarily – I hate to say it this way, but I don't necessarily care how the story develops. All I want to see is him booked correctly and booked to win and win and win and win all the way to the top of the card because he is the hottest thing they got going. Do not stop him at the United States Championship to the top. So you want to sacrifice Lesnar to someone – How about Bray Wyatt? But book him from now to maybe do this at Survivor Series or WrestleMania. I won't hate that shit. And if he wins, excellent. As long as we get a good match, it's a good story. Yeah, and
1: quickly, just want to bring up the point that was actually brought to me by one of the guys I write with that the WWE is looking to drop the PG rating in a bid to bring back the teenage audience. So just wanted to bring up that point quickly. Uh, Cruz, what are your thoughts on that? Th- that they're trying to to bring him back up? Or they're trying to, you know, drop the PG rating?
2: Uh, the AEW effect. This is all part of the AEW effect. The fight for the youth. Those, those 14 to, you know, 23... Four or five year olds, yeah, they're not interested in kitty programming. They're not interested in, in pancake flipping and and BS like that. You know, maybe one act being very childish and juvenile, okay. But for the most part, they want to see the hero, the the edgier stuff. You know, these are the same teenagers who watch The Game of Thrones, who watch, you know, Marvel's Avengers. You know, <laughs> so they they watch it, it, the hell with Avengers. They watch Daredevil. They watch The Punisher on Netflix. They watch edgy stuff, you know. So it, it, the PG era needs to die. I'm sorry. This, to me, the worst era of the WWF, WWE uh, timeline. This is worse than when McMahon was uh, busy with uh, the federal government over the steroids and all that other shit the new age era that was better than this pg era in my humble opinion so i i I can't wait for this to be over and that's part of the aw effect
1: yeah absolutely um quickly i mean i guess we'll get to final thoughts now since we have gone over by about 20 minutes or so uh cruz what are your final thoughts
2: Overall, i I got to say it was a great weekend. All around, everybody stepped up. And the, the, the bad points, minor, because, because the whole weekend was very fun. Kudos on AEW. Kudos to Evolve. And kudos to WWE, in my opinion. Uh, much better. And, and if they continue like this, hey, they'll win back some of those viewerships. Everyone should be proud. Of, those companies should be proud of themselves.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I <clears throat> In the group chat we have, I got Jeremy's final thoughts here. Because, unfortunately, Jeremy, I don't know if his call got dropped. I don't know what happened. Um, basically, it was happy birthday, Cruz. And then he hopes AEW keeps up the momentum that they have, especially going into All Out. My final thoughts are it was a fun weekend for wrestling. It was we did we had another great show tonight. I kind of had a feeling in the back of my mind when I was when I was scheduling this show that we were gonna go over quite a bit. But I mean, overall I mean we got to what we had to get to. And what's nice about what we do, Cruz, is it's not like we have to wait <clears throat> it's not like we have another show after us that has to wait for us to come on air we're basically the only show on tonight. So, it's, it's so we kind of have that leeway that we can go kind of over. So I I like that we had that, especially on nights like tonight where we have a lot to talk about. But also Cruz, I got I want to say it again, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I, I hope you like the present that Chairman I got you.
2: <laughs> Easily one of the best a decades. I, From the bottom of my heart, thank you, guys. That was awesome. God bless you, too. <laughs> well,
1: what was funny, I mean, I don't want, want to pull back the carton too much, but we actually had that whole thing planned out like by the end of the weekend.
2: I have something for you guys, an announcement. I contacted okay. Absolute Intense Wrestling about training. And they sent me an acceptance email with uh, an interview at their next live event. So I'm going to go wow. talk to them, and they're going to tell me more about the schooling and, and everything like that. So Dominic Guarini, the head coach, emailed me, and I'll send it, I'll send it to you guys here in, the, in, the, in that chat, um, basically telling me, yeah, you know, come on, let's give it a shot he's willing to give me a shot and stuff like that and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just, so I'll do it as part of my uh, fit, physical fitness goals and whatnot and then just give this a shot and see how it works out, just get this experience and understand wrestling from a performer's point of view So.
1: Well, I have to say congratulations, first of all Second of all, if you make it and you end up getting called by AW, don't forget us little people
2: probably too old for them. Rig of okay, honor, if impact. Get, <laughs>
1: okay, if you get called by one of them, don't forget us little people. <laughs> and, you know, if you're calling a promo, don't forget to mention the show or the Facebook group.
2: <laughs> you got it.
1: <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm very, I'm proud of you, though. I'm very, I'm proud of you and I'll just say this right now. I'm proud of the direction the show has become. That we, when I and I always say this because tomorrow, and I didn't mention this at all. Tomorrow is one year since we started, this, since this show began. I started this show out of nothing. I was approached, basically, a quick backstory. I was approached summer of last year. That the guys who I've written with for the last probably three years were starting their own network. They were going to have their own podcast site. And they said, do you want to come on board? I said, sure. Why the hell not? I said, what do you want me to do? They're like, we figured you would probably do wrestling. I started this show a year ago. And tomorrow, this thing turns one year old. Did I expect that in one year, we were going to take the show to levels that it's become... No Did I expect that This show would have been At Double or Nothing Would have been At Monday Night Raw Could be at Ring of Honor This Saturday Could be at Raw and Smackdown When they come to the Garden in the fall No Did I think we would ever have had on guys Like Ian Abani, Dave LaGreca Chris Van Lee uh, Dan Bynum Kelly Klein. Did I ever think any of this would happen? Not in a million years. So, as the guy who started this whole crazy train almost a year ago, I have to thank all the fans who have stuck by my side. As I have really tried to put in as much effort as I can to make the show where it is. Bringing on Kurz, bringing you on, bringing Jeremy on, just brings another level to the show. So, from the bottom of my heart, I had to thank everybody for making this last year great. And here's to another 10 years or another 20 years, but here's to a long-running podcast that who knows where it can lead to. That's
2: awesome, brother. That's awesome.
1: But I think it's time we wrap the show up. Uh, again, Chris, happy birthday. Or everybody who listened, thank you for listening. Next week on the show we'll have House of Glory wrestler Anthony Gungon, I think his name is. I may have butchered his last name. I apologize. He should be on the show next week. And we'll probably have more, you know, wrestling talk. I don't think there's any uh may have some recap on Ring of Honor, depends on if I go or not. But other than that, I mean we'll have another week of wrestling. And maybe next week, depending on how the weekend goes. Maybe next week we'll do a little bit something different. I have to think about it. (laughs) But, again, for Cruz and Jeremy, I'm John. As the catchphrase is gone, this show is made by the fans, for the fans. You can listen to the replay of this show on Google Play or iTunes. And the IWC, you guys know what you can do. You can go kiss my ass. Have a good night, folks.